Radio Shack. Okay. What? The 80s called. Welcome to the Coco Nation, the world's first live and interactive talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer and its hardware cousins. to start the show hello everybody <laughs> hello. we survived Ooh. oh let's see episode 310 the coco fest wrap-up or hangover or hey we survived <laughs> we survived we did yep um, let's see <clears throat> who we got on here today. Mark Overhoser, how you doing? Howdy, glad to be here. Made it back safely. Good and Rickulin, also back. Howdy, folks. I got familiar surroundings behind you, and yours truly in the corner. Next up, uh, Fred Provencia. Hi, everybody. And in the center square, we got Ron Delvo. Yes, I'm back, and I got pictures, and I got uh, a couple of goodies. You know, what happens in Chicago is supposed to stay in Chicago. No, I didn't leave anything there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of expensive it all in Toledo. rare equipment to leave behind. <laughs> left it all in Toledo. Yeah. Let's see. Next over, Kevin Holloway. How you doing? Hello, everybody. Just came to see what I missed. All right. Uh, bottom row, we got Jason Coco Man Biz. And speaking of Coco Man Biz, behind me, there's the Coco Man Biz sign that my brother Ken made me that I forgot to bring with me this year. <laughs> wow. That's what was missing. That's who doesn't get a Christmas card. I brought my brother, but not the sign. I, I, I guess we just can't have both. Oh, well, we liked your brother anyway. And, I, and since we're in Hollywood Squares mode, I'll take Ron Delvo to block. Next okay. time, can we just bring the sign? <laughs> yeah, it'll be easier. <laughs> I'll just I'll just mail the sign. Cheaper to feed. Let's see. Bottom row, we also have Sloopy Malibu. Greetings. And last but not least. The Thunder from Down Under, Nick Marinti. everyone. Yep, I started swimming but didn't get there in time, so I had to turn back. Okay. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> you want the front door and turned around, huh? Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. Um, now where'd we go? Okay, closing credits. <laughs> it's only been two weeks. He already lost the script. Yeah. Uh, doesn't look like uh, we're going to see much courtesy. He's uh, probably still sleeping it off. 
He's still, not still driving. I think Ken is still on his way home, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's still on his way home. Um, well, Curtis takes the scenic route. He went, you know, he went from Chicago to, you know, South Carolina and then, mm-hmm. uh, and then back to then back to Canada. It's a, the scenic route. Well, this is oh. an episode where we can talk about Curtis. So lay the mud down. Okay. <laughs> I, I see in the chat he says uh, uh, Ken just left <laughs> his house, his house. So I guess he needs some groceries. So uh, he'll be back on a little later. Oh, let's see. What else we got in here? We got eight bits in the basement. Mark Siegel. Uh, can can make it. Tim Franklin. Uh, there's Ken Curtis did again. make it. <laughs> okay. Ken made it, but he didn't make it to the show. Oh, he made he made it to Coco Fest, <laughs> but his sign didn't. <laughs> Yeah, he forgot to make a sign. So <clears throat> let's see, Coca Fest. Um, well, we, I do have the new uh, the pictures we took uh, in the uh, slideshow in the bottom of the screen. Um, right. I have some stuff to share. So okay, um, let's start there. <laughs> all right, let's do. Uh, let's see. Push button here and push this button right here. Yeah, I guess that one just comes to a sudden end. Hmm. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I set up at the show, and uh, I had this box, and this box is from uh, 2002, and uh, boys sent it to me from uh, from wherever he lives. Anyway, he uh, his name's right here, right there. In 2002, I bought it for 50 bucks. And um, he comes by and he sees the box on the table. <laughs> and, and, and so let me share now. Share screen. Do you see? Yeah. The same box. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> from back in uh, 2002. And, um, it's before I had the shipping label on it. And he says, uh, that computer right there, I remember sending to you. And this is the picture of it. And he has other pictures. And so um, he asked me if uh, I had it and would I sell it. So <laughs> I'm not at home, so I can't look at the computers. But when I did come home, I looked and I could not find this particular computer. Uh, um, mm. I, you know, I took pictures of mine and could not find the same number. So I posted on my uh, Ron's garage that if uh, someone finds, let's see where to put it. Uh, this one. This is the number. 
I don't have it. And I don't remember giving any computer away or selling one. Um, the only one I gave away was to um, Paul Barton. Paul? Yeah, and uh, he gave it back to me. You know, well, I got it back when he passed away. So I put this up. I said, let me know if uh, I gave you a Color Computer 3 over the last few years or sold it to you because I'm looking for the serial number. So if anyone out there has it, it'd be cool to actually you know, point it toward uh, Boise so he could have it. I don't know, like, how much he would get it for now. <laughs> it's not going to be $50 probably. But anyways, um, went to the show. It was fabulous. I think uh, Glenside did a great job. They really did. Definitely. And mm -hmm. um, I'm going to leave it up to you guys to take a look at this video that Antonio did. Got to meet him, got to talk to him for a long while. He did a great job, um, you know, setting this thing up, drawing the picture, I guess, and uh, and doing the video. The music is so-so, <laughs> but he, he Ron, did a good job. Um, Ron Delvo, critical of music? No, that never no, happens. No, it never happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went to the Coco VGA um, area, and they were playing some of my uh, – 128 by 96 uh, uh, pixel uh, pictures Perfect. that I put together. Yeah. And uh, it was good to see. And uh, this was the sign out front. And uh, wow. there's Antonio. I miss that. And yeah, various people. I guess I'll just go quickly through Boise. First one was Tim Linder. The boys. Yeah, some of these aren't <laughs> real clear, but eh, you just do the best you can do. Oh, look. Lad. Yes. Who's the and guy with the beard? <laughs> Ron. Tim Franklin. John Laurie. I got to spend some good time with John. He's, John? he's a great guy, yeah. He has this he uh, apple infection. I hope he gets cleared <laughs> up. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's getting paid. <laughs> Maybe. And then this is the show. Um, this this monitor was awesome with all the stickers <laughs> on it and everything. And it's so stinking old. <laughs> I just stared at it for a while, tried to look at all the stuff on it. This here, uh, I forget this guy's name, but um, he had some goodies on the table I bought. Um, I was able to get this and uh, the uh, sound and speech pack from him. Yeah, which, that's uh, uh, that's Fabian. Yeah, okay. Great guy. Yes, yes, he is. Yep. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I got these two items. Hmm. Um, this was the uh, what was that? That was the uh, the that was uh help me out hey there i am yeah fred fred um, gave a presentation was, was, was that my presentation that yes uh, it was yeah okay yep. on the control panel yeah That's, i don't know how many people took pictures but it's very limited anyway this had nothing to do with our show this was a uh a demo of <laughs> a socially distant demo you press the foot foot pedal down below there 
and you get a new feature of uh, the Three Stooges coming up on this pie. So I guess the only thing that, well, there, there's a cocoa pie sitting there, but I don't think it had anything to do with anything. But it was interesting to see. I did try it. It did work. <laughs> David Ladd's set up. And this guy here worked on a cocoa. And Who's that? He wound up uh, breaking something. Ah, I later oh. fixed it. Yeah, it's too much hair for David Ladd. Look. Oh, <laughs> sacrilege. Ouch. <laughs> Look at that. Look. Yes. <laughs> I broke another one. <laughs> no wonder I couldn't get any work. There was that guy doing it all. <laughs> he was just there to break seals. That's all. It was good. Dino Wars, that was a great uh, thing. That, you know, it was all wrinkled until he stretched it, and then it looked great. <laughs> kind of like us. Pure, well, you know, uh, it folds up into a little pack that's like 12 by 12 by yeah. 36. We always, we always see this guy on our show, um, you know, um, doing things to make the show work and everything, but we never see him work on Cocos. And this was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, we were troubleshooting uh, that particular Coco. Yeah. Who's this guy? Um, I can't remember his name, but he's uh, he's local. He's actually uh, in he's the a local. Yeah. He's a local oh, yeah? Chicago area. He's in the. Uh, he's commonly at the uh, VCF Midwest, and he comes to the Coco Fest also. Oh, good for him. Hope he sees it. Yeah, there, there he is working away and. Uh, Trying to make some sparks and uh, yeah. a little smoke zip noises. Letting the magic smoke out. It, it did buzz pretty loud when he plugged yeah. it in and turned it on. It was. <laughs> He's trying to make some SEDs, smoke emitting diodes. Oh, there's David Ladd. This was uh, Paul Barton's computer I had set up at the uh, Cocoa um, Nation uh, table. And, um, boy, it looks like you had the show. I was, up. uh, yeah, I was playing, uh, uh, the, a previous show. Oh, okay. Cool. This says we couldn't really do a live one. I put, I put something up. Uh, that one's fuzzy, but this guy here is really interesting to talk to. Oh, that's Check. strict. Yeah. He's, <laughs> and look, look at the clothes on this guy. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, I'm just, I just wanted said that he did not leave the hotel room looking like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> not on my watch. Yeah, these kids were cool. Oh yeah, those were they, the battery operated cocos that yeah, were running off like drill Charlie. batteries. Yeah. Yep, Charlie. Did you see that the Coco area. 3 has a, a wireless transmitter for the video? So there's I did. This one? Cool. I got some video of that wireless video. Oh, that's right. And you were there, Marco. I was, that's right, I was. <laughs> and you were there. And you. There's and David Ladd was there. Our buddy from the other show. Buddies.
And this, um, well, that that keyboard belongs to Brian, right? Shoebring? Shoebring, I think so. Yeah. Yep. Then this is the back of his setup there. He had quite a setup. My son was infatuated with it. This is a uh, repack. Really nicely done. Henry's. Check it out. Looks nice, don't it? Is that wood grain? Faux wood grain? Hmm. Who else do we know that has a wood grain <laughs> retro PC? Hmm. <laughs> I smell bias here. And I don't know why this was there. Has nothing whatsoever to do with the cocoa. What is this? It does because it has a uh, a uh, cocoa disc drive on it. It has a what? It has a disc drive on top. Has a cocoa disc drive connected to it. What is it? It's a Naboo. Naboo, yeah. It it only gets software from um, a hookup to a faux internet connection, right? Well, one apparently, it would get it through the cable television network. Okay, there you go. Someone that knows something spoke up. All right. The whole thing sounds kind of like a Canadian version of the, what is it, Nextel system that uh, France, France had. We can look information up, but it had to be connected up to your. You guys know this guy? Yeah, that's. Um, Reichfeld. Ten uh, Reichfeld. Well, he built this, uh, picked this up for uh, cheap, I guess. And he, he just brought it and set it in. Is that the um, CTR80 uh, prototype? Yes, it is. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's why it fits in here, I guess. <clears throat> anyway, this was a computer that uh, they must have upgraded, and they're testing it. El yep. Presidente. Yeah. Look at that. Look at the buttons on that thing. Oh, and I was giving these out. I don't know if you guys got any, but I passed as all all I had out at the show. Free. Got mine behind me. Absolutely free. Thank you, Ron. Thing. I got one too. Yep. And at no charge either. That's right. Didn't charge a soul. Uh, it's also it was also the price was also gratis. Yeah. yeah. I and complimentary. I somehow I have a cocoa too. Oh the, God. Th this guy here. Turn it away. Who's this schmuck? <laughs> Rarely looked up. Looks <laughs> like he's breaking more things than Mark B did. No. <laughs> I was fixing someone else's uh, quality work. This here says, from Chris Lucky, does he know what he is doing? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, someone had a, they tried to uh, replace their uh, 6809 with a 6309. And uh, let's just say they need a little bit more experience with the soldering. Yeah, this this was the pie department, and uh, there was no lemon meringue to be found. Mm, pie. Yeah. Uh, but they sorry for the green. smears. Look at those shirts mm. sitting there waiting to be taken. Uh -huh. Look at that. I saw that, and I thought, geez, I'd like one of those, but I didn't have time to go back and get one. Well, ask, ask Tim for one. That's a uh, screen, you know, it's lettering going across real quick. And this is Rick Adams' area. <laughs> Can't tell, can you? So so do we need to make Cocoa Fest an actual entire week so we yep. have time to see everything? I, I think, think so. 
at least had a couple days. He's pointing to his phone. I don't know why. I forget. Hey, I, I've been saying that you should have a full day Saturday and Sunday, but people won't listen to me. That's Ron Klein. And that's uh, Marquette. Mark, Mark. Yep. Mark Marlette. <laughs> yeah, Marlette. My preference would be to uh, start it on Friday. Because, um, yeah. Yeah. You, a lot of guys, people, regardless what you do, a lot of people are going to need to leave Sunday in order to go back home anyway. So. You see what that is, don't you? Ah, yeah. That's a gamester. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to order one. Neo Blanchards. Yep. Yep. And there's a lot of carts over here for sale and stuff. Yeah, I bought a bunch from him. Uh, yeah. I looked down on them and I thought, geez, if I had some time, I'd go through <laughs> and see what I wanted. But mm -hmm. I never did much. And now, now he has a whole bunch of joysticks. Well, yeah, this is just some of the show. The Cocoa Men are back there. Look at that. <laughs> root beer. Well, that's not David Ladd's setup because that's a root beer, not a Diet Dr. Look, Pepper. Look there. Ooh, beer. Uh, there's a door on that CM8. Yeah, <sighs> crazy. <laughs> oh, that's a rarity. He could sell that for like a couple thousand. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, I know what I can let Oh, no, that's similar to my box, but not. it's not my box. <laughs> yeah, there's that TV again. Ooh. Sitting up on the cocoa. Goodies pasted on it. Oh. I think this is it. And then... What else did I have? Um... Yeah. Oh, look! Look at her smile. <laughs> I thought that was a good, good smile. That's nice my lady. wife. Yeah, she was enjoying herself. A couple times, I asked him, "Where's your wife?" He says she's upstairs, uh, watching TV or doing some <laughs> stuff upstairs. Here's some more stuff. This was, uh, yeah, I told you already. This is Amy's, uh, Taylor and Amy's thing they had a whole tablecloth set up with their logo on it and they had lo little stickers you could pick up and that's pretty cool lots of swag yeah there's the coco vga outfit uh this guy here kept following me around it's a little strange beard wars look at that <laughs> mr gimes himself Another perpetrator. Yeah. <laughs> and he got a sticker. Hmm. Isn't that cool? That is. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's nifty. Yep, there they are. <laughs> snazzy tracksuits. Yeah. Right. Wow. I guess I that's had... what they have at the West Virginia Walmart. I had no words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was on my pajamas. I was outside looking for the boat of car. I didn't see it. I don't think they can afford to drive it all the way. Wire free cocoa. Look at this kid looking, uh, reaching out. It's Charlie. Yeah. And she pretty... is awesome to talk to if you ever get a chance to talk to her. 
That's Donahue's kid. Right? Yep. Yep. She's very smart. She's I think she's 16. Yeah, just like her father. Yep. Check out that jacket. You guys ever see this jacket close up? Nitrous 09, multi-pack. Drive wire. Yeah, bit banger. OS9. Die, Dr. Cool. Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it, I think. Oh, there's a box I had that uh, Boise came by and looked at. You know, <laughs> the same one I had here. I had it right, right out in front. What's, what's inside it? Uh, it's just the foam. I put um, oh. my cocoa pie in it when I brought it. And then oh. uh, I also brought um, Paul Barton's computer. Right, yeah. Yeah. I guess it isn't all. Yeah, it is all. I show those. Okay. So I want to thank uh, Glenside. I want to thank uh, Terry Steggy for giving me the ability to set up next to, um, you know, on hit on the uh, Coco Nation, Coco Nation table. table. Yeah, appreciate that. So thanks, guys. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I don't think uh, anybody was mad at anybody or anything. I invited uh, uh, the Coco crew guys to come on sometime. Um, and I, I didn't get a no, I'll never come. Leave me alone, you creep. <laughs> they didn't say anything like that. That's something. We, we didn't even get a visit from the fire department. <laughs> no. Hey, hey, all the elevators kept working. What's from what I understand. From what I understand from Grant, the fire department showed up um, a day before. I said, good to get that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were there Friday morning. And they were going over the uh, emergency rules with uh, all the staff. I've I've actually got pictures of it. <laughs> so yeah. I did I did see when I was leaving on Monday, the um, I'm assuming they're the alarm people were looking at the control panel. I was really tempted to tell him that thing has to be broken since we didn't get a visit this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did anyone go to Portello's? I did not make it. That's the first trip to Chicago in a long time that I didn't go to Portello's. I went. <laughs> I've never been. Hmm. Well, I, then. Had the, I had the Italian meat one that was, uh, uh, was meat and... Uh, Sausage is good. I don't know. Like I just, I can't even think about where I ate. I mean, like on Sunday, you know, uh, my brother Ken and and Fred and I just ended up at some random like sports bar restaurant down the road. Like, oh, this this will work. Oh, is that when I ate my meatball sandwich before you guys? (laughs) I had Um, uh, I had White Castle. I had White Castle one. uh, I think the first day for lunch, and I kind of regret it i mean i like white castle usually but this kind of sat in my stomach like a rock holy mm. cow well yeah. they, they 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 you know they're called sliders so you would think it would be the opposite <laughs> yeah. they go right through so. yeah they were led david led brought me a bunch of fries from there and they were pretty good yeah i uh i really like white castle but there's none around me i mean yeah same here. It's like an hour and a half drive away and uh so usually when I go out to Chicago, I'll stop in Indy and uh, go there. But I didn't stop this year. But fortunately, there was one right in, th- in front of the uh, hotel. 
Yeah, yeah walking distance. Yeah, the same here. I there was a White Castle the town I grew up uh, in New York, and and since moving out to Utah, they don't have them out here. So uh, whenever I go back east, I try to hit up a White Castle. Um, although the last time I visited New York, I took my family <coughs> to White Castle, uh, you know, to show them what it was like, and um, uh, my son couldn't keep it down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in in the car. Oh no, no, we were in the oh. restaurant. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, they uh, they sell they them. Did not the like it at all. <laughs> yeah, they sell them in the store here in the frozen section, so I get them because I really like them. But they're they're better fresh because the the rolls are like slightly toasted. So, I mean, it, it's okay. I didn't stop there at the one in Chicago. I mean, the last one I went to was in Indiana back in I guess October or September, whenever. Well, whenever I went to Holiday World, and uh, it, it was okay, but I. I'm not going to go out of my way for White Castle. It's okay though. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's not it's not like a great restaurant, but it's it's something a little different compared to the the usual common ones. And All right, now now listen. Speaking like of food and the cocoa show, yeah. what did you guys think of the meal? I didn't know the cocoa show provided food. I ate at the. Um, I paid for it. Oh, like Coco Fest. Oh, I, yeah. no. I thought you meant Boat and Aaron had food somewhere no. I didn't know about. <laughs> Sorry. The Coco Show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, um, I was there. The, the, food was, the food was fine. I mean, it's what I expected. And I was there more for the uh, camaraderie of being able to dine with my fellow coconuts than I was. The food, food was fine. and uh, I w- But I was there more for the experience. Yeah. Speaking of which... I've, while they're not here, I think we should have a vote to, to oust them. I mean, when I go to Cocoa Fest, I expect some Canadian candy, and there was no <laughs> Canadian candy. There was quite the story, though. It was a, there was an attempt for Canadian candy, it's, but it it's, all it's, went it's wrong. It's wandering around in a truck somewhere with no tracking. No one knows where it's at, but it's wandering around somewhere in a... <laughs> I thought UPS has a surplus out. of uh, Canadian candy somewhere. Yeah. I don't want to hear any excuses. I want my Canadian candy. Didn't Curtis bring some Kit Kats for somebody? Yeah, I, I mean, he did. No, that's what's yeah. driving around Canada. We don't know where it's at. We don't know where it's going. Well, I mean, Curtis there. isn't here to defend himself, but I mean, it just, well, he, just, he just forgot them. And then he had them shipped, our, our uh, attempted having different. to ship overnight. And then it got delayed door, during, I think, because of weather. And now who knows where they are in the UPS system. Yeah, well, got eaten. Considering they're in Canada, I'd, one place they're they're uh, definitely not at is in the melted mess, right? <laughs> yeah, nicely More frozen. Likely frozen solid. <laughs> Cur- Curtis says that's still an ongoing thing. Is it really? <laughs> right, right. So like the air tag videos. Where is it now? <laughs> so right. so we've we've uh, a couple of us or four of us uh, went out. To, I think it was lunch one day. We found this really great little restaurant not very far from the hotel called uh, Carol's Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent restaurant, especially uh, for breakfast, but they had a pretty big uh, uh, menu choice, pretty big uh, plate sizes. Yeah. Even I couldn't finish it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty decent. I mean, I, I just had breakfast at the hotel. So, oh, you were the fourth one. So, no, it, it was uh, Kim. It was me, uh, Ken, you, and um, oh, the person that sat across from me. 
Yes. <laughs> um, that well. <laughs> Brian. Brian. Yeah, Brian Weisler. So. In fact, I went back uh, Monday morning for breakfast. Ah. On my way out. And had and had what Brian had for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> my son came up for the show, which was good. And then afterwards, we went to a restaurant and uh, bought a deep dish pizza, but it cost fifty bucks. Holy and um, wow! You know, at, you first, at first, he orders it, you know, naturally. And we sit down and we're eating, and I go, uh, <clears throat> "You're you're paying for this, or who's paying for this?" And he goes, "I'll, I'll pay for it." Then when the bill came, I got, looked at it, I go, "No, I better pay for it." And uh, I brought it home, and. Um, I told my sister how much I paid for it. She goes, let me try it. <laughs> she wanted to try it. $50 piece. One piece is how much? <laughs> Depends wow. on how big they cut it. We had but, some deep dish pizza. What was that? When did we Two do years that? ago? Friday. Two years ago. Right oh. now, well, we went. I was going to ask if anyone had any deep dish pizza while they were out yeah, there. Yeah, we're, we're, who was there? I mean, I, I know I was there and. We had Your two brother was there, people. weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, me and Lori was there. Yeah, because we went to, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was a deep dish pizza it place. Was, and you uh, had a meatball hoagie. It was Gino. Oh, Gino, Gino's yeah. East. That's right. right. And you and you you went to the pizza place and had a meatball hoagie. Yeah, me yeah. and um Lori, we both did. Yeah, and we we got to eat first, and they were watching oh. us eat <laughs> before well, the pizza. Just takes a long time to cook. So yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, there All he right. is. There's the Canadian oh. candy. He made it, fella, right there. On yeah, the I had screen. to get some to eat. Yeah, the, the the candy thing. Wow, <laughs> he's still. I could spend an entire three six hour episode on on just that. Candy gate. <laughs> candy gate. I'm a little confused. I don't know what's going on. What, what is it, is there something different about Kit Kats in Canada, or am I? Yes, about? we have we have flavors you guys don't have, and as Jason will tell you, the milk chocolates have a much better quality as well. Well, yes, yes. because Kit Kats. In every country in the world, except the United States, are made by Nestle. But in the United States, the uh, the license is the Hershey, and it tastes like a totally different candy bar. The Canadian, even just the plain Canadian Kit Kats, are far superior to their American mm -hmm. version. I, I, well, didn't, I totally didn't they used it. to taste better, like back in the well, day? Like it's always been Hershey <laughs> here. When I, yeah. my first trip to Canada, I bought a Kit Kat, and I'm like, "What is this? This is wonderful." Nestle is always superior to Hershey, no matter what they make. It, that's that's <laughs> because in Canada they use chocolate, and in the United States they use chocolate flavored sugar. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. yeah. Although I have, I'll say this though: I have seen more flavors of Kit Kats here in the in the states than uh, they're used. Um, yeah, there's a few extra ones I saw on the trip too. You're still missing I've a bunch like of the good dark ones. Dark chocolate Kit Kats and white chocolate Kit Kats and. Yeah, you guys don't have Nanaimo or uh, Nanaimo <laughs> squares and Black Forest cake flavors and all those other oh, stuff we have. Mm -hmm. What's the other one they have? Is it poutine flavored Kit Kats? <laughs> no, that's a that's a type of uh, of, of chip. Curds and gravy and Kit Kats. That would <laughs> yes. be awesome. You can get poutine flavored <laughs> chips from several different manufacturers up here. So, oh, and and ketchup too. I'm sure. No, the the whole thing was I bought all the candy. There's seven people. Uh, some are on the panel here that uh, had ordered. And I usually do this every year for a certain choice of people, because otherwise I'd fill my car with nothing but. Uh, because of the uh, terrible weather that was happening literally the night before we were leaving and the day of, as William Astle reported in the Discord, um, <clears throat> I was scrambling on the morning. So I went to go check the normal 
path we take to go to the states and the northern portal completely closed all the roads within like a th- uh, like 500 kilometers or 300 miles were completely closed down because it was a nice storm 90 kilometer hour winds two feet of snow freezing rain and basically they shut the portal down they shut all the highways down so then i was starting to go through and, and trying to find alternative routes I, I printed out maps of two couldn't use either one of them because by the time we got that far over they were they were shut down too because the storm kept moving so basically, in my turmoil of trying to figure out alternative ways to get there, and I had to go, you know, grab cannon. We had to get on the road type thing. I completely forgot them in the fridge because I keep them there so they don't get melted and soft and wrecked. We appreciate. And it was that. one of my roommates here about uh, three, four hours later texted me, "You know, you forgot your pro- chocolate bars here, do you?" Oh no! And we've been driving <laughs> on completely frozen highways. Like it took us the three or four hours to go, maybe. Um, maybe 80, 90 miles because we were driving at 20, 30 miles an hour. Then there was a semi jackknife across the road. So we had to detour around that. And so uh, I, I contemplated very briefly about trying to drive back, but I mean, the, it was getting worse. I mean, the storm was just getting worse. The, the path we'd already taken up to that point had gotten worse. They were shutting more highways down. So we just decided to finally ditch. And I said, I'll, I'll get one of my roommates to courier them over. So she went to UP, UPS on uh, Friday and paid on my behalf for Saturday delivery to get them down to Chicago, which was the plan. Well, the UPS truck has to clear customs in Winnipeg. So I have to drive it to Winnipeg and then it clears customs and it goes down. Well, it got in the same storm as everything else. So that got delayed. So that didn't make it. Um, and then UPS started, uh, quite honestly, bald-faced lying about the, you know, what the status of the, of the package because uh, we were going to be in Chicago until Monday morning. So I said, well, if you guys can get it here Sunday, I can still give it to most of the people here because most people aren't flying back to later. Uh, but we had no updates. It was just saying, we'll update you once we know something. And it was, that, was in my, that was my extent of my tracking that I could get on the stupid thing. And then on Monday, we had to head out to Memphis because we were going to see Taylor and Amy. They were popping over to Knoxville to see the uh, Vintage Geeks uh, Museum. That was a great thing. Well, Ken and I will talk about that when he's able to come on next week. And we kept trying to track the package. I, I put it a forward on Monday. Um, uh, Monday, at 1.43 p.m., I got the email saying, yes, we've now ch- rerouted the package. It'll go to Memphis, and you'll get it there. Well, by the end of day, Wednesday, Thursday morning, still not there. Um, and then we we were phoning, uh, trying to figure out where the package was, and and Maureen, who was at the show, too, with Taylor, uh it was helping us because she has a lot more experience with this kind of stuff than I do. And she finally got us escalated to a supervisor. We were told on Wednesday that it was going to be delivered by 10, 20 or 20, 10, 30 in the morning. And of course, nothing happened. And then um, she managed to get escalated up to a different supervisor because they were saying, yeah, it's in the Memphis facility, ready, ready, or it's already on the truck. It should be delivered soon. And nothing happened. And she got escalated to a supervisor. And the supervisor went and checked. It hadn't left Chicago yet. It's still sitting in Chicago. They actually tried to deliver it to the hotel where Coco Fest was Wednesday afternoon. So none of the change address stuff went through at all. And then it would mm-hmm. sat there. And basically, it finally, I, I got an update yesterday as we were pulling to Saskatoon or uh, on the road to Saskatoon, I should say, that uh, it arrived just afternoon on Friday in Memphis. So it took five days for a reroute to go an eight hour drive that I had just done myself. So I know how long it takes. And uh, I, have to, I haven't heard back yet to see if it's in any good shape. Has it been sitting on a truck, you know, with, you know, roasting in the sun and melted or what? Like, I haven't got the details yet. But the package did finally arrive in Memphis on yesterday. 
And I could show you tr- tracking reports from a certain day where they said it's in this place. And the next day, no, it's back in the previous place. Like, it's just a total crap show. So, anyway, it, it looks like they finally, finally arrived. I don't know what shape they're in yet because they hadn't opened the box yet. So, I hope I'll find that out today. And, and I'm going to have to pay them to reroute them to everybody else. Um, but at least two of them made them to the spot they were supposed to go to. So, I've got... Mark, you, I have to get yours rerouted. David, I have to get yours rerouted. Grants, I have to get rerouted. Uh, who else is on that list? Um, Jason. Yep, yeah, Jason's got to get rerouted. So, yeah, it's... it's And I paid, like, an extra 75 bucks to get the Saturday Night Delivery, so I'm going to be trying to get all that money back, too, because I'm... You should be. I, I can understand. The, the initial part about them having, you know, get blocked by weather, I went through that storm. I know why it got blocked. That's fine. But when it takes you five days to reroute a package an eight hour drive, and then you you mm-hmm. know, t- attempt to keep mm-hmm. delivering it to the original hotel, like that's that's not acceptable. So, nope. I'll be arguing with UPS over the next couple you. weeks. I will never use UPS again. I will. I'll, I'll state that right now. That that was enough. That I that no, I'm just not doing it. Well, yeah. this is embarrassing because this segment is brought to you by UPS. <laughs> yeah, that stands for you. oops. And there's oops. a lot of oops and going around. I'll tell you that. So mm-hmm. Maybe well, one we thing, can... one thing good about UPS is uh, I got my mom moved uh, before I came to the show, and then uh, the day after I left the show, I had shipped. Um, well, just before we left, six box, seven boxes that were you know medium sized U-Haul <laughs> boxes through UPS, and it got to my mom's really quick. I'm, I'm glad you had a good experience with them. I did not, yeah, definitely not. A, I didn't have a good experience the entire week trying to deal with them because they kept lying any... as to where the package was. They tell me, yeah, it's in the Memphis thing. No, it's it's been sitting in Chicago for a week. <laughs> now, Ron, was there any chocolate in those packages? Yeah, yeah, did you get mine? Maybe you can reroom <laughs> for me. No, just uh, my mom had a whole bunch of boxes of jewelry. She She wears earrings that clip on, and there were tons of those in there and clothes. So yeah. it was all. Now, I have to say, like, uh, you guys were talking about Coke Pest here, so I might as well give you some positive feedback <laughs> rather than bitching about UPS. <laughs> um, basically, the, the show, I think, is the best show I've been to since before I took a break from the Coco community. So we're talking back to 2003, 2002. I think this is the best best one I've been to. The hotel was great. The food at the supper was good. And, and like Jason said, it's for the camaraderie. The food has to be good. It doesn't have to be great. I, uh, it's a bit expensive, yeah. but the fact that we're all in the same room, we can like, we visit each other's tables and talk. That's the yeah. advantage of it. I, I didn't really like it when it got all clicky and like these five people went to this restaurant. These five people went to this totally different restaurant in the opposite direction. And basically nobody visited. That That's not that's not a Cocoa Fest to me. Uh, we always used to go to each other's hotel rooms afterwards till four in the morning talking about stuff. So that's the kind of thing I, I'd like to do. Now we're going to get an older, it's tougher to stay up to four in the morning and try to get to the show, you know, three hours later after a quick nap. So, you know, having the the supper in one spot is a much better idea to me. And uh, I quite enjoyed it. And the food was good. It wasn't great, but it was good. Um, no complaints. On Saturday night, when my son came, <laughs> he stayed overnight. But uh, we talked until five in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the old tradition, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it probably um, also uh, is um, helpful that uh, probably back in the day, what time did the showroom floor close? Oh, earlier than it does it here. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of that after parties at at in rooms and such is probably happening now in the main in the main showroom floor. Whereas back then, because you had to leave the showroom floor, you would just go to people's hotel rooms. 
And yeah, or you'd be in the lobby. Sometimes we'd be at the hotel restaurant because they usually have one there. We'd fill up like three quarters of it. Yeah. So with the show, with the show floor still open at 12, one o'clock in the morning, you're going to have more people there than all together, which is in overall, I think it's a better um, scenario than having people go to their individual rooms because you, you, you can easily talk to more different people than is, than if Mm -hmm. four or five people go to a single hotel room. And this way, David Ladd doesn't know your room number. It's true. It's easier for people to just stroll by and see a group of people talking and then come over and join and, you know, go in and out. And Like, like, honestly, in Rainbow Fest days, like when there was thousands of people coming out to these shows, it the the hotel room ones were usually the behind the scenes. Like, I'm going to show you some software I'm working on that I can't announce yet. And you'd get a couple of people and you you it'd be like, you know, gentlemen's NDAs that you wouldn't talk about it. But you know, you got to see a ton of cool stuff that you know got released the next year. Yeah. Um and I like I remember going to Dave Dye's room and seeing, you know, some other games with the light gun that actually never got released, but I got to see them and actually try them out, you know, on the you know, at his room. And and of course the level two version three people with Kevin Darling, you know, them I wasn't part of that group, but they had meetings for a couple of years as they were working on that project. So there's a ton of stuff that was going on the scene. Even some Radio Shack stuff was happening on the scenes. It gives some previews of stuff they couldn't talk about or some of the developers like you know the people like rick or steve or somebody would come in but basically the show this year i thought it was great um best attendance in what 15 20 years i'm sure mm-hmm. um i think at the general mood was much better i didn't see any hints of drama there was a lot of excitement i got to talk to boise and neil for lengthy periods of time all positive on both sides it was great um, the only disappointment I had was the uh, the chocolate bar fiasco of 2023, which Ken's going to be making a video, I'm sure, about. Um, <laughs> and the weather coming down because it, it was just it just happened to be that exact weekend that mm-hmm. weather went complete to hell. If it had been the weekend before or the weekend after, it would have been fine. Would have had no snow at all, and you know, you know, 60 degree temperatures type thing. But yeah, just that one weekend just went to hell in the handbasket, and that's what stemmed all. And that snow followed you all the way to Chicago. Yeah, well, the funny thing is that storm originated in the States, came up to Canada, gathered some colder air, and then went back down and then trekked across. So uh, I'm blaming you guys. <laughs> I was but, sitting next to Fred, and uh, Fred was trying to get ready for his uh, demonstration, and he was trying to get the last few bugs out and stuff. And uh, people yep. would come by and try and talk to him and stuff. And and he's really <laughs> trying to concentrate, and he's having the hardest time. But he did fix a bunch of stuff before he went. And I thought, yeah. wow, yeah. this guy can multitask like the cocoa. Well, not really, but um, <laughs> but but uh, I, I, you know, and I, yeah, I did squash a bunch of bugs, and and I made the, I got the program working, um, but. There were a couple features I didn't show during the presentation because I knew they weren't going to work. <laughs> um, and so I'm actually and, – and I remember during the presentation I said, oh, yeah, by the end of the day I'll post um, – I'll, I'll upload a uh, you know a disk image with a – and I still haven't done it because I keep finding new – More bugs. Yeah. And I'm still working <laughs> on it. So um, I – I know I've made promises before, but I do feel fairly confident I should be able to post that disk image with the most recent update pretty soon, like in the next day or two. Um, there's just one bug that just kept recurring. You know, I, I I would get to a point where I thought I had fixed it, and then I'd be working on another bug, and I'd go and fix that bug, and then the first bug would somehow reappear. Um, and so I, I wound up squashing the same bug like five times, and I'm like, 
And it's weird. It's like I'd fix one bug and this bug would pop up. I'd fix that pop, that bug and it would cause the first bug to pop up again. Yeah. Uh, I'm pulling hair out of my head lately. That's, that's programming in a nutshell right there. <laughs> yep, that sounds like, yeah, that's true. That sounds like that Nick sounds Marenti's. totally normal. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it, I, yeah. It, yeah I know it is too. Because And like me, I was trying to rush through, like I was trying to get that transition ma- guide manual for if you're running off the repository 3.30, the last official release from the repository. All this stuff has been changed, updated, added, bug fixes, et cetera, which is like a 50-page PDF. I was running, trying to you know, get that all finished up before the trip, too. So I, that was another reason I forgot the chalkboard because I was distracted trying to get all this other stuff for the show at the last minute. And then the weather thing just kind of threw me right off, and I left all of them in the fridge. And, you know, no. well, now they're in Memphis, and hopefully they'll, you know, they'll start going out uh, soon. But anyway, yeah, great, great show. I uh, I didn't get a chance to visit a lot of the seminars. I didn't get a chance to even talk to all the people there. I kind of got about half the room done, and then people would come and grab me. I need to ask you some questions about Nitrous 90 of you and stuff, and then I'd go back to my table. So I didn't get a chance to see as much or talk to as many people as I liked. Um, Fred, just like you, Rick Adams was trying to work on a, fixing a bug in Shanghai, and then somebody was playing Shanghai on his machine, and he was determined to win the game. And he didn't win it until around midnight. So Rick never got a chance to work on it all that day. He's trying to be polite. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that kind of thing just happens. Um, as for me, I, I well, this was my third Cocoa Fest I'd ever been to. And uh, I got to say, by far, hands down, this was the best one. Um, I mean, I enjoy, I've enjoyed every single one of them. But my gosh, it's like, my last one was two years ago, and this one was like at least probably more than double the size of the one from two years ago, and uh, and uh, and about double the size of the first one I went to back in two thousand four, and uh, I I was blown away. I was like, holy cow, this is this is big. This is happening. This is um, there was like energy there, and people yep. were you know excited and, and talking and. And, you know, going around from table to table, there was just so much to see and, and so many people to talk to. It was just, uh, it was vibrant. That's the word I was looking for, vibrant. Yeah. And, and, you know, compared to the two previous fests I've been to, and it was really exciting to see. It, it was it was really awesome. I, well, I think the two- best part for me, which is kind of feeding on that vibe you're talking about, is that there were so many new faces to the show. I mean, people we've seen on podcasts and stuff, but like there's AJ and Boat and Aaron and you know, a bunch of other people that came in that have never been to one or haven't been in one in decades type thing. So like the community is expanding and you could see it at the show and we're bringing in new blood. It's not going to be just us old farts, you know, at 90, we're dropping <laughs> off like flies type thing. Like there's some new blood coming in and younger blood too. Like, I mean, boats, you know, in his thirties and we have kids there that are active, uh, you know, helping make commercials. I, I remember the one you were talking about with the, um, the portable Coke with the wireless uh, monitor and, and the drill battery and all that stuff. Like, the kid was a natural saver. He's trying to upsell me on stickers and anything he can do here. You know, you if you buy three, you'll get them for a cheaper type thing. So yeah. th- th- that kind Charlie. of enthusiasm I like to see. Hey, Fred, two years ago is not a good indication because you know, huh. the Canadians were locked on their side of the border. And yeah. some people were looking at mass restrictions and stuff. And it just so turned out that Elk Grove Village was they weren't having anything to do with that. So we lucked yeah. out by showing up. Yeah, I, 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 I do realize that. Yeah. The mm-hmm. two years ago was kind of a odd special case. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, compared like to the 2004 one, experience, I mean, that, that's the chip compared to the one from 2004, it was night and day because 2004, I think was kind of, 
the community was kind of at a low point during that time, I guess. Yeah, I think those were more like uh, that's why I quit going around 2003. I think it was my last one for a break because it was it was turning into just old friends meeting up as like a high school reunion. It wasn't like we're going back to high school and having a blast. It was just like, oh, how are you doing? Type thing. It was friendly, but it was yeah. it didn't have that enthusiasm. And this time, it feels like there's new stuff coming out. There's new hardware. Mm-hmm. There's new software. There's new ideas. There's all kinds of things happening. It's a happening place. The vibe, as you as you describe it, for that's exactly what I felt too. You know, the room was good. It had uh, neat uh, print on the floor, and it looked kind of classy. And the tables had cloth, which is different than uh, like nineteen. I think they had plastic over the tables, and they, you know. Yeah, it's like a picnic. Put stuff on it, it would slide. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that this was is cool. by far a, this is a beautiful venue. Grant found a gem here. I think, yeah, finding. This. I am very pleased with the venue. The, the the my my room was was wonderful. The hall was wonderful. the The restaurant was restaurant was good. It was nice. It was convenient. I mean, they even I think they even opened up for lunch on Saturday, and they don't normally do that. But yeah, uh, it when, was, when um, I got there, the lady goes. Uh, do you want a downstairs room? I go, sure. It would be great. She goes, last one. And I said, oh, <laughs> you recognize age. Cool. And I have to say, like, if, if you guys didn't take advantage of it, Ken and I kind of looked ahead and, yeah, there's a pool and a hot tub. So we actually took our trunks. And on Sunday, after all the stress of finding out the chocolate bars are not going to make it, I don't even know if I can get them forward to Memphis. So I did have hope because it's not that far. So I really thought it would work getting there by Wednesday before we left. Because the drive back, we literally are passing Grant and David both. We're going right through their town. So I could have dropped them off and saved some extra shipping, but they didn't show up till Friday. So that, that didn't happen either. But, uh, that, that I needed that relaxation. I just needed to veg out, you know, and, and basking in heat and stuff here. And that actually really helped. I slept good for the first time because I was stressed mm-hmm. about that the whole darn trip in the weekend. So that actually helped me sleep. So yeah. I was going up to my room, looked over the pool and burned my eyeballs. <laughs> oh, you saw me and Ken there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I only heard about it, but I was too tired at that point. Yeah, we should have warned you about the nude uh, pool rules, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that glass elevator. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was weird. The glass elevator overlooking the pool. I, you know, well, that yeah. seemed a little creepy to me. <laughs> now, the one thing this, the one thing that the other venue had in the pool area was like a, a, an arcade game. This one, and a, maybe a claw machine or something, but this one doesn't have that. But that's yeah, that's, nice that's okay. Even though uh, two years ago I tried that arcade uh, game machine and it like ate a couple of my quarters, and I was like, okay, well. So I never just go to the gambling ghost instead. It's much yeah. better. Anyway. <laughs> well, high humidity yeah. area is not so good for machines. Yeah. How many, you, yeah. How many of you guys saw all this uh, chairs out by the dumpster? Yep, that's where yeah. all the easy chairs went. You'll I, I think it's set up specifically for Ken to take pictures. I there honestly was, think and, that and was and we and we did. Yeah, and we <laughs> did take pictures. Well, did you bring them? Uh, I have I, them. I, yeah, they're I, in the Mark has them. Yeah, they're in the film roll. Yeah, there, I was those, wondering yeah. where all the easy chairs went. None of the none of the <laughs> rooms, you know had them. They were all out in the parking lot. Yeah, we that, were we were un, we were packing up on you know loading up packing up, and I saw I hadn't been in that parking lot. I was like, look at all those chairs and stuff. I said, we got to take a picture. And I yeah, we should have had there, the, and, the whole and Ken crew starts walking over towards the building, and I'm like, no, no. Oh, you want to take my picture with the yeah, actually yeah, one's yeah. right in the corner there, so that uh, they're showing on the on the air. Yeah. There it is. Probably someone didn't take him home. Right That's a reenactment of Nightmare Highway for you it's, folks. It's there. a close, yeah. close rendition. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to cover a couple of things with chat here quick, too. Uh, uh, where was it here? David, 
Uh, so for Grant, first ask, what do you think about a Friday start for the Cocoa Festival? General Grant has mentioned he's looking into doing Friday and then cutting it off Saturday because a lot of people have to fly back to go to work on Monday. So Friday might be a better one to have a full day event. Half, to, half day on Sunday then. Yeah. Well, the fourth will be with us next year. Yeah, that's, that's later by week two. I hope they won't get snow and ice. Um, Mark Oliver was asking about me and Ken having white knuckle driving. I actually have mentioned this to a few people's show, but I've still got the problem here. This, uh, my third, my ring finger on my left hand, I was gripping the steering wheel so hard trying to keep it on the ice, you know, trying try to keep on the road, especially through North Dakota, because they also had a Red River Valley flood. So the ditches are all full of like six to 10 feet of water on top of the ice. So if you slid off, you were going straight into water, you know, enough to cover your car. And we actually saw some trucks with their back ends sticking out of the water. So that's what we were looking forward to. But I gripped it so hard, I apparently pinched a nerve in this finger, and it's still all tingly and weird, and I can't feel stuff out of it. So hopefully that's not permanent because right. it's been going on for a week now. Which, which finger is that again? My my ring finger. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Not quite the shooter. <laughs> yeah, not the other one. <laughs> Um, and then Ken Franklin mentioned this was kind of cool too. I've, a few of us witnessed this uh, happening on, I think it was on Saturday, uh, where we, our whole wedding group in matching silver suits came yeah. and got their pictures with the Dino Wars poster from Tim. <laughs> there it is. I was, there. I was there really confused, but yeah, I saw that. I was like, who are these people? Why are they here? <laughs> I mean, that's I a unique wedding people. experience you won't get anywhere else. So come to Coco nope. Fest. That's all I can say. I didn't yep. know they were in a wedding party. I thought like maybe a local mafia family had you know, sent a bunch of guys over to rough us all up or something. And that was the uh, Fettuccine Alfredo family. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was good. Uh, the jam didn't go as well as I was hoping. That's just because I don't think any of us really had a chance to fully practice everything or sync up and even get, you know, common songs. I, we do have to make at least a bass song. We can improvise some other stuff, but we need at least five to ten that we kind of all... Who was yeah, to participate, learn. Make a list. And a, make a and list a and post a picture. Who brought yeah. the horn? Yeah, I, I did. I, I got it. I got to admit, I don't think I played very well that night either. Uh, so my apologies. Uh, I mean, I, I, I tried practicing, but you, to your point, it's if you don't like rehearse together, then yeah, it's difficult. It's really but at least hard. if you know the same song, because after that, it was after the two songs that I kind of practiced. I like I was. Yeah. What what little bit of this song I've last played a year ago do I remember? Yeah, there were there were a couple of times I wanted to like sing a, a couple songs, but nobody knew the songs that I wanted to sing, so it was kind of hard to. Yeah, and we we do need at least a bass song list. I think just five to ten, you're just enough to get a start, and then you can improvise. And I have to say too, my playing wasn't as well because I can't feel this finger. Like if it was hitting a string, I couldn't tell if I was hitting a string or just the fretboard because I can literally feel nothing on the fingertip here. So that that was a bit of a problem too. Well, the <laughs> anthems were were kind of neat. You know, it was neat to hear the. Canadian oh, yeah. one and some people Col- Colombian was it the other one? Yeah. 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 And even oh, Rick, just, sorry you were saying I was saying even a, a place to sit up too because we ended up kind of all I mean Fred could walk around with the trombone but yeah, you were way at one side of the room. I was in the middle. Where you're plugged in, and I didn't want to really plug into other people. And originally we were supposed to have the jam session one of the side rooms. That was the original uh, plan. Uh, we weren't supposed I, to be in the main hall. I even brought a spare guitar and stuff so people could schlep in, but you couldn't yeah. really organize that where the way it came down. So. Yeah. yeah. Now, I know Grant was talking about getting another room, like the auction. People were complaining the auction room was too small, too, because it was like standing room only at the back type thing. Um, and if you ever want to see a fun auction, like uh, the fun part of the auction in previous years, you've been Alan Huffman against anybody else because he'll just, <laughs> you you can bid him up to the yin yang. Marine was. Yeah, Marine was bidding on behalf of Taylor to try to get one of the uh, 
spectrums. And and Taylor had a, a firm price she didn't want to go past. And and Maureen was having none of that. She was going to get it for her. So like once she went past it on the last one, like Taylor's sitting there going, no, no, stop, stop. And Maureen's going just add, yeah, waving her off, like I'll keep bidding until we get this thing. And then I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Taylor went and kind of slunk against the wall in the back and she got, took her hoodie and she kind of like tightened it right in the cocoon so she didn't have to watch anymore. It was hilarious. That was, that was just exactly like Alan, you know, fighting a battle with somebody, you know, you know, getting something that would normally go for 50 bucks up to 200 just because he refused to lose. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Yeah. It was On nice to meet, uh, uh, Amy's, it was, uh, Amy's, uh, husband. Yeah. Super yeah. smart uh, medical research guy. That was, yeah. I talked to him for about a uh, 45 minutes, I think, on Saturday. That was a fascinating conversation. Yeah. He's so intellectually above me. It was like well, it's he, hard he's to keep al- up. Also real quiet. I mean, he didn't say a whole lot in between things. Yeah. Well, he did. He did with me because we were talking about his field of research in, in yeah. medicine. And I don't know how much of it I'm allowed to talk about because some of that might have been you know, semi-private. So I won't go he's too much detail of it. But it was a fascinating conversation. There is a, I felt uh, I learned a lot listening to him. Um, I don't understand most of it, but I learned a lot. <laughs> so there is another room over on the other side of the, uh, down the hall, the other side of the uh, uh, pool. Uh, yeah, that's uh, one Grant was talking about, trying to get yeah, next year. I, yeah, it's I a little bit bigger. The, yeah. the wedding was in that room uh, that weekend, so. That's yeah, because there, there was some complaints about the auction room being too small, and I think Grant was mentioning that if they can get that room for next year, it's a bigger room, and then they're planning yeah. to have the auction there. I have to admit, that's why I, I actually didn't attend the auction, because I, I, I peeked inside, saw there was standing room only, and I was like, uh, I don't really want to stand up for an hour or whatever it is. Uh, you could slump against the wall like Taylor did when she was... Well, yeah, but the chances were I wasn't going to wind up winning any of the auctions anyway, so I figured standing... <laughs> Standing in a room, a crowded room, uh, for an hour and not buying anything didn't sound like a very good time. It's fun watching the interaction, like people going, "Oh, I really want that," and then somebody else going, "No, I want it." And then yeah, just back and yeah. forth. Then some third person will wait till the end, and then he'll just jump in and grab it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Frank was yeah, kept yeah. hoping, and Frank kept saying, "You know, please stop me. I keep buying stuff. I can't take us all home." And, and then yeah, you well, buy was, something else. <laughs> yeah, I was wanting the three hundred and sixty k floppy drives, but. A guy kept bidding those drives up to $115. Yeah. It was funny because there were some things I thought that, you know, obviously did go a little bit overpriced compared to what we would normally get. And some of the stuff went really cheap. So, I mean, you had both both parts of it. But it's all for raising money for us to have another fest next year. And by the end of the first day, from what Jim had told me, we were like 50 bucks short of paying for the whole show. And by the next day, we were like 1000 or whatever plus over. So, I mean, definitely successful. And, and you can't fault that. I mean, the whole point of it is a fundraiser for the for the show. In the auction, was there anything you guys uh, noticed that was pr- uh, pretty cool to try to get? I mean, you know, above and beyond. The, the there were some rare items in there. Yeah, I would say there was a. There, wasn't there a um, a pad X pad? No. Did I see that? Not that I remember. No, it must have been on the table. Then. It was a bunch of show. different joysticks, uh, roller pads. Yeah. There's some alternative uh, floppy and hard drive controllers, like the Distal Super Controller Two with a. Three in one board or four in one board, I think it was. Uh, the JM, I saw one go. Um, I, man- I managed to get a SCSI floppy drive. That's a rare one. I, I, I remember oh, so hearing about one? it, but I never had one. Last time I had a SCSI floppy drive, I had to clean it. So, <laughs> so I was making a guess is that that's what that attachment board was. 
Yes, it's 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 SCSI. But the drive is a 1.2 megabyte high density. So Yeah, because we have SCSI interfaces. That's the one you can actually interface with the Coco, the proper driver. If it's an 8-bit one, compatible one anyway. So that uh, AT case uh, with the hole cut the top of it. So that was a, that looks like that was a repack of some at some point that uh, someone started taking back apart again. But what it still had in it was a two-drive Burke and Burke setup, uh, as well as three floppies in it with the controller. I was going to ask you that, Mark, because I do know some people here at the local club would get a big PC power supply and case specifically for drives. And they would they had no intention of putting a multi-pack board or a cocoa board or anything else. That was all to hook up to an external regular cocoa. I was wondering if that was one of those, maybe. It had a lot of extra stuff in it. Uh, oh, it did. Okay. Were, uh, there was actually two high-risk joystick interfaces that were like breadboarded. Um, a lot of other cables and stuff. I didn't open it up to see the insides of it. But yeah, I guess it's possible. Could it be just drives? Um Okay. That's yeah, I was wondering. Like, so some people just use it because a beefy power supply from a PC. You could drive three floppies and four hard drives if you wanted to, or something like that. So that's it, what some people did. They didn't have any intention yeah, of repacking. It, it had some uh, cocoa connectors on the in the back plane of its salt. So oh, so that sounds more like it was, it was steering a, towards eventually becoming a full repack. Yeah, or it was one, and then it went back the other direction. Uh, another com- couple comments from the chat here. Um, but Coco Strangiato, uh, Bob Emery, he said he saw at least one person loading a chair into his car. Was that was that Ken, Jason? Was that Ken just taking a souvenir yeah. for his game? No, it wouldn't have fit in my car either way. Well, you could have got rid of Ken. Might have some room. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also want to mention to him, too. I, I One other thing I learned, or learned a little bit to play about the first 10 seconds of... Uh, the actual original Rush song that uh, Coco Strangiato uses and actually what his name of his channel is based on. I actually learned the first little lick of that, but he didn't come down to the jam, so I didn't get it played for him. That sucked. Um, and Franklin Harris uh, this says, yep, I have that spend too much problem. And I definitely witnessed that person. <laughs> did Brian Weasler buy anything at the auction? Uh, did he? I th- he was in there. No, he already yeah. had it all. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I, I yeah. thought I think he had to park his semi at the truck stop next door, though. Yeah, that's where he's loading the rest of the chairs. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, gentleman from uh, Retro Rewind. Yeah, Frank. Uh, yeah, Frank. He uh, yeah, he had to leave his two guys home at the at the fest to to take back what he got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't have room in the car afterwards. Yeah. No, he seems to be a pretty nice guy. He's he's a great guy, yeah. honestly. Yeah. One of the friendliest uh, vendors I've ever met. In chat, yeah. Well, the yeah. two guys with them were good too. They were nice. Yeah. Well, the Canadians, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the only one who's a bit of a, a jerk. Hey, Curtis. Wow. You and uh, you and Ken dropped the ball. On which? When you were on uh, afterwards, when you were on uh, the Taylor and Amy show, mm-hmm. they should have just had you and Ken uh, on on the screen. And then you look at Ken and say, "Hey Amy, hey Amy," and then and then <laughs> hey Taylor. There, there is Ken's got a show that we did another little clip for you, which you'll you'll see when he releases it. So I'll just say no more than that. But there's, there's more coming. You, yeah, and then two of you look at each other and say, "Something's not right here." <laughs> yeah. so do we have a? Com- it's along that line, but that's all I'll say. Do we have a commercial coming with more um, ads from the show? We'll have more bumpers. Uh, I'm still working on that. Uh, I, I did film quite a few bumpers and stuff for the show at 
Coco Fest and uh, just due to time constraints this week and everything, I haven't been able to get to it. I'm going to try oh, to get okay. to some of that this yeah. weekend. Because you played the I David Ladd one at the beginning. I think I caught the audio of that one. Yeah, I got David. Yeah. There's a few I got over uh, that I was just able to download from my my Canon camera to my phone directly. And I threw those up uh, up on our uh, planning channel uh, just just to get those out of the way. But uh, you know, there's a few of them I got to I got to do some advanced editing on the computer or it's it's more suited to edit on the computer along with trying to edit my vlog together for Coco Fest, which I wanted to have done by today, but that didn't well, happen. Either. I think it's great that you did that because, uh, you know, down the road, it's neat to see, you know? Yeah. Well, we kind of need to refresh them all anyway. So that's, yes. this is a perfect yes. opportunity. Took some Especially at the, the best attended, you know, most vibrant show we've had in, you know, like a couple of decades, literally. I thought Absolutely. I would win the farthest person away award, but they didn't do that this time. Well, I think it probably would have been William Astle, wouldn't it? Would it or the guy from Columbia? I'm not sure. If oh, that was. Did, did he actually? Is he? Oh, I thought he was. I thought yeah, well, he was one, from one Columbia. One lives in the states, but I think the other Canada. one actually was from Columbia. Like oh, it's, he, I'm trying to remember oh. who it is. Um, well, then you might you might have not. Bruce and somebody else, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah, he, he actually is from Columbia. And Fabian. Yeah, no, yeah. Fabian. Fabian. Fabian is from Canada, but yeah. he's originally from Columbia. But the other guy, the the other gentleman that was with him, he is actually he's actually from Columbia. Still, he actually yeah. still lives in Columbia. So and for you folks at home, keeping along, taking notes, there you go. Yes. I mean, yeah. we had it set yeah. aside for Nick, but he didn't quite make it. Well, yeah. But he gave away Pac-Man games, so thank you. I still haven't had a chance to look at it. Did you change anything on that, Nick, or is it just the, the old Pac-Man game? Oh, he's sleeping again. Sorry. Oh, it's very early there. And speaking of Brian Weezer, just showed up in the chat here. It's kind of cool to have him bring the CP400, where we actually got to see it with the case off and look inside and see how the circuit board was laid out and stuff. That was cool. I think he's still connecting there. And there, there yeah. was a, a a NABU there, but yeah, the Canadian network system thing. Uh, Henry Redfield brought that up because a whole bunch. The Taylor Amy Show got one of them. A lot of the big uh, podcasters recently got them, but somebody actually went and reverse engineered how the whole server works. So instead of just being a neat piece of historic kit. It actually is functioning. You can set up servers and actually run the old games, run the old programs, and actually use it, which is really cool. cool. So, but it had nothing to do with the Coco. It had well, Coco. it's retro. It's, it had a, had a disk drive from a Coco. Yeah, it had disk drive. Henry actually had his booting off the Coco disk drives because the the actual drives didn't work or weren't even there. I think so. We actually commandeered an FD five hundred one or five hundred two, I think, and actually got the Naboo running off of it. Yeah, yeah they just showed the picture. They don't actually have disk drives for them. From my understanding, is that that was an option you could buy at the time they were selling them, that you could add drives to it. But yeah. uh, most of them just came as network boxes, you know, hook up a cable system. Yeah. Brian, what you got? Hi, Brian. Hi, guys. How are you? I don't know. Did you hear us talking about you just a couple minutes ago, or you're not logged in yet? Oh, I wasn't logged in. What, what, were you, uh, were you uh, swearing? My name again? <laughs> no, I was talking about your CP400, and we actually got to see the inside of it and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. 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 I took the cover off of it. I was going to, I hadn't really seen the inside of one of those, and uh, um, they really got it crammed in there. So it, uh, it's, a, it's a tidy little box in there. But, uh, and, uh, but what I thought was kind of interesting is there was kind of, uh, wasn't sure if it was something that was modded afterwards or if it was actually a factory mod, but um, crisscross in the video chip was, uh, was a transistor and some resistors and stuff, but uh, looking at looking a little bit closer, Brendan Donahue were looking at it. Um, we're thinking it might have been that's the way it was from the factory, because there were some chips that were were bent up, 
but it wasn't like they were clipped and then bent up the the actual um pinhole for the uh where the chip would have been was perfectly clean so we're thinking it might have been something that was done um during 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 assembly Okay, so, so couple, a couple more quick chat things, and then we'll uh, then we'll get Brian. I'm sure he's got something to show up here. <laughs> oh. So basically, we, um, uh, Retrotech Chris says the new boos are cool. He has three of them. Uh, Franklin Harris says Troy, one of the ones that came with him as part of the retro rewind contingent, the ones that were getting threatened to leave behind to make room in the car, uh, is one of the developers who did reverse engineer the Naboo. So he's actually actively involved in getting those servers things running. And uh, Retrotech Chris also adds there are some re- recreation boards in the works. A recreation boards in the works that allow disk drive usage, etc. So they're actually trying to reduplicate everything that thing had back in the day. So Brian, did you did you we were asking earlier? I, none of us remember you doing this in particular, but did you get anything at the auction? Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember. I did buy one thing at the auction. There, what was that? Uh, oh, it was a uh, a memory board. It was a, uh, a, a it was a Cloud Nine memory board. Oh yeah, oh. that original one. Like the old yep. sim one, yep. Yes, yep. It was the old sim one. I did pick that up, and um, uh, there was a pair of uh, Wyco uh, joysticks that I wanted, uh, but somebody else wanted them more. <laughs> so, I, so I'm trying to remember, happens. like the the sim board that you got. It's one of the very early ones, or that you did, right? Like it almost looks like a prototype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me. Uh, let me. I think that's here. the one I donated. <laughs> oh, was okay. it? Let, let's yeah. see here. So here we. It is. Uh, before the auction, I brought that to Mark to uh, have a little trip down memory lane. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let's see here. Let me uh, slide. Because all my machines here. are two meg now, so I had a couple five twelve keyboards. I kept one just for nostalgia purposes, but that was the one I donated, I think. Let's see here. This. Yep, that's the one. Yep. Okay. Very good. Yeah, it was kind of similar to the one that I had shown. Was a week before last. Uh, can you zoom that up, Mark? Uh, just so that people can see it. Yeah. Sure. The bottom two. Uh, where's it? Where's it? Where's it? So yeah, it looks like it has. Uh, what are this be? Are these two five hundred pin? Thirty pin should be two 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 fifty sixes. Yeah, two fifty six thirty pin sims. Uh, eight okay. bit. Not. I don't think it's the parity nine bit one. I think it's just eight. Is there eight little chips on each one or nine? Eight. Yeah. So it's yep. the non parity one. Parity. Yeah. Macintosh memory. Let me uh let me get my my big head and to block the uh to block the sun so you guys can see a little better. There, there you go. Yeah, there it is. So yeah, I uh, yeah, some Nitrous Nine development my... happened on that board. I'll tell you. Oh, okay, very good. Appreciate the history there. Yeah, I just say it's a yeah Cloud Nine five twelve K sim uh, sim memory Rev C, um, November nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, it says on the board there. So yeah. And this is the only thing that I picked up at the auction there. Uh, there was a few things that did kind of interest me, um, things that I already had. So um, I wanted to, to, nothing was really jumping out at me other than those joysticks. I already had one, but I was wanting to maybe get a pair. So, but uh, no, I thought it was a good auction. Um, also, I wanted repeat. to thank you for the the gift of the uh, Rainbow Adventure poster you gave me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, and also, I wanted to thank, on behalf of Taylor Namer, I'm sure too busy to be on the show today, but uh, for the, the gift of the cochlear, they were very happy with that. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to see uh, seeing some uh, interesting things that they might do with it. So whether it's games or uh, um, I know it kind of spawned uh, her <laughs> um, uh, to Taylor to kind of, I think she bought a uh, bought a switcheroo from, uh, from Jason there and um, maybe even a memory. 
upgrade. I can't remember, but uh, yes, yeah, yeah, your donation just, helped spur sales for other people. So that was always good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad to, I'm glad they enjoyed it and look and looking forward to see what kind of videos that they put out with it. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, one thing I really forgot to mention earlier, a big thank you to Paul Fiscal and trying to remember who was it who brought it down for me. David. But uh, what's that? David Ladd brought you something from Paul. Okay. Yeah. And then David also gave me a complete PS2 mouse thing, which I can now finally fix the drivers to run properly. So thank you, David, for that. Uh, but Paul sent me that whole lit up Tandy thing, which I had no idea was happening. So that was a big surprise. I was genuinely touched by that. Yeah. That was yeah. Very cool. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, that was a ordeal in itself to get it to you. In At least you didn't piece. ship at UPS, or I never would have gotten it, or it'd been in multiple pieces. Um, but... Yeah, you should have seen what happened to the first one. Oh, that was <laughs> the first one. Okay, go on, David. Please explain this story here. I don't know nothing about this. Yeah, the the it's first cursed. one cursed. Yeah, the first one didn't survive the 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 mail. We'll just say that. <laughs> I'm I'm getting experienced in those matters. Yeah, you're you're lucky that 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 the one that he sent directly to the hotel to me survived. Yeah, because I'm actually planning on putting it on one of the shelves here, so I can actually light it up during the show, so people can see it in the background. I don't think I'll be bringing it to shows though, because it's pretty fragile with all the glass. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a good design. Yeah, that's how I lost my. Uh, that, sorry, <laughs> that's how I lost my uh, Magnavox monitor uh, years ago. Was uh, I had it shipped in the mail, probably UPS. I don't know. I can't remember. And um, and uh, didn't pack it well enough, and uh, the whole front panel got smashed in, and uh, total loss. I was very sad. Yeah, that's a good monitor too. Yeah, if 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 you ever watch some of the internal videos from how UPS treats packages, you would never want to ship anything by UPS ever again. Yeah, I think it involves cannons. <laughs> True catapult. True. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's oh, it's it's yeah, it's trebuchets. That's right, trebuchets. <laughs> yeah, the the employees toss packages like that they're softballs. That's when they can find them. Which apparently, from my to, experience, uh, is a rarity. Anyway, I've also so. learned to only use uh, hard shell suitcases nowadays, too. <laughs> uh, like going on a plane trip. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I could see you're just itching to say a comment. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to say in this episode of the Coco Nation brought to you by FedEx. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. At this point, I'd rather use USPS or Canada Post than I would at UPS. Or a trebuchet. That would probably work about as well. Hey. At least I know where the hell it went. Sort of, yeah. No, no. USPS, I can definitely confirm. A package went across the United States back and forth five times before it finally got to me. Well, we were tracking mine, and aside from the fact that they would claim it was in cities, you know, days before it actually ever got there, it went through Winnipeg, or Saskatoon, Winnipeg, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Illinois, to the hotel and back because we'd already left several days earlier. Then Memphis. So that was that was the trip it went for Saturday night delivery, overnight delivery, by the way. So I think I'd still take USPS that, but the odds might be a little bit better. I mean, let's face it, all the carriers have their issues. Yeah. 
Indeed. You just happen to have a particularly bad experience with UPS. Yeah, so. that's probably the, true. The I mean, biggest I've, I've I've had my I've had exper- I've had bad experiences with all of them. Um, but yeah, you'll have that. Is, are they easy to resolve, or or like if you want to get some money back because they didn't do anything that they promised, or is that a big fight? Uh, I've never gone that far. You probably will will be able to do it pretty easily. But my my biggest thing, the reason why I like the Trubuchet so the best is because then you can use your cocoa for tracking it. <laughs> use your eyeballs for tracking it. David Craker says, my favorite acquisition from CocoFest is appliance and light controller complete in box they got from Neil Blanchard. I remember talking to him a little bit about that. <laughs> Controlling your lights, etc. Yeah. Those are fun. So, should I show all the wonderful <laughs> stuff I got after CocoFest? <laughs> now, one thing I'm curious when you guys, like everybody said, the show's pretty good. And I think uh, that's a general agreement from everybody. It's, it's the best show we've had in years. Is there a favorite piece of hardware and or software that you had not seen before that really impressed you, even if it's an older one you just hadn't seen in action. Um, like the, for me, the wireless uh, power drill battery cocoa that was my favorite. Yeah, I think that it was, was interesting because you get a lot of technology for very little money using a cordless tool battery. If you try to use a laptop battery, then you've got to invent a laptop safe battery charger and blah blah. Well, you but a tool battery. Dime a dozen, go buy a Home Depot a screwdriver, and you've got a proper charger and a proper battery and proper load control. And and he said it lasts. I like asked him. He said it lasts up about six hours for charge. I uh, I had never seen a gamester in person before. Um, oh, so, Neil's uh, joystick. Yeah, yeah, that that is nice. I actually tried it for the first time. Mark Mark Marlette had one out on his table, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, nice wood. That was the first one of those I'd ever seen, so I thought that was cool. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Sleepy, just, oh, David, David first. Uh, but Sleepy, I figure you've got to have opinions on some hardware and software. This we'll, we'll ask you next. But go ahead, David. Yeah, the uh, the uh, USB RS two thirty two pack project. Uh, that gentleman, I, I'm bad at names unless I talk to you constantly. Um, Dan Barber. <laughs> um, yeah, he uh, he brought his prototype, and we tested it out. And I have to say, it is. I I would. Compare it to the Becker port speeds in the emulator. It 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 was fast booting um, Nitrous Nine over the drive wire connection, so it was quick. Didn't see Sunday's uh, network boot demo from on Coco.io, did you? That, I was just going to mention, like my software pick would have been the whole network stuff you and Strickland and all the rest were doing. Unfortunately, I didn't yeah, get a chance I, to talk I to you guys too much about it, but I'm sad that I missed that. Yeah. Uh, by the it was the end of the day Sunday before um Henry's buddy whose name escaped me. Tommy. What'd you say, Mark? It's Tommy. Tommy, okay. He hooked up a, his 5G thing and, and sacrificed his uh his uh Wi-Fi his uh, cell phone card a little bit for a demo. And we were loading OS 9.2 from a server who knows where locally everything local utilities and everything over the network and getting usable speeds out of it. And this was out any kind of local cache or anything. So there's really a, 
And then he had his live demo. I wish I'd prepared a speech here, but he had his live demo, which was running a P mode four screen at or P mode three screen, so four colors at uh, 25, 27 frames per second, which you could certainly throw a stream of video at that. That would look good on a Coco. And, and Mark Oberholzer, you you were involved mm-hmm. some of the Alcaran. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, yeah, actually, I've been mispronouncing it's how. Um, I guess it is Alcaran. That's how it should be pronounced. Yeah. Okay. But you were part of that demo, and that's another network style demo that you guys got some progress done on that too. If I understood reading their Discord messages this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, basically, it's been kind of set to the side for a while. Jay and Brett been taking a breather on it. So I thought we should have shown it off some last year because it's really kind of cool. So. I started working on it. Oh, well, back uh, September last year, and then the last couple months. So, actually, whammered out a lot of bugs because I've been abusing Brett's poor code a lot. I've been adding lots and lots of like objects that seem to break things, and uh, uh, expanded the map tremendously, which really messed up it moving from point to point. So, those things have been fixed now. So, so um, does yeah, that there's a lot of network stuff happening on the hardware and software side that we saw? There was multiple demos running, like you and Strick, Patrick, or yep. Rick, and. Uh, and Mark with the game yeah. stuff that you know Jay wasn't unfortunately able to make it, but uh, it looks like there's a lot of interesting stuff happening on that, which is yeah. going to look and, promising. Yeah, I was also running some of the times the server off of uh, my cloud servers, so part of it was on the internet, and it actually still has pretty good speeds. So we, at oh. the show, we had our uh, new venue blues pretty much because none of the tricks that worked at the last venue worked at this venue. They have some kind of magic super secret Wi-Fi thing where you can't just spoof a MAC address and sneak in with your fancy router or whatever. They really got it locked down to the laptop that logged mm-hmm. in is the one thing that is connected. And we beat our head against that all weekend. The pile of wires on my table and Mark typing away furiously at his table was all unplanned. That was all trying to get around above, under, or through this wall. And <laughs> we never did. Mm-hmm. Until, uh, like, say, uh, Tommy came up with the, uh, put his, his uh, SIM card on the line to, <laughs> to give us a little bandwidth on Sunday afternoons so we could play with anything. So, so Slippy, what was your favorite, I assume hardware in your case, probably, but uh, the thing that you saw? Um, quite honestly, the thing that I uh, actually enjoyed seeing in, in my hands um myself was uh this cool little uh mylar replacement that i got for my uh, coco 3 um i didn't i wasn't able to install it uh correctly myself so i had to get some help um <laughs> i uh, evidently over tightened it because i was like trying to get it to be like flat and straight and evidently no <laughs> i didn't do too well so i uh Got some assistance from my, uh, hmm, well, what, what should I call it? He calls me his technical advisor. So I guess uh, my artistic uh, advisor, Ken, uh, actually did it. I had a, uh, a Radio Shack branded uh, AB switch for a composite that uh, I had on my table. And I figured the first person that asked me and said, hey, that's cool. I was going to give it to them. So... <laughs> Ken was actually looking at it and he's like, Hey, that's cool. And I says, Well, you fixed it. It's yours. And, and you, it's yours. You <laughs> win. He's like, Okay. <laughs> so he fixed my keyboard so it worked. And yeah, I, I really like that. I like I like the way it feels. Um, 
I wish I could have gotten more, but I bought the last one and that was it. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I am looking forward to seeing the uh, Ethernet options becoming expanded and available um, for the Coco also. And I can't wait until they get to be critical mass where they can be easily used without having to do a bunch of hacking and such. Yeah, that, that's now, something. I did want to go a little bit to side here. It's still on topic, but <clears throat> for the people that were not able to attend in person, so I'm thinking like Kevin and, and Nick, et cetera, what was it like on the streaming? I heard that there were some glitches, like the bandwidth in the hotel wasn't, you know, because it's all Wi-Fi and you're sharing with the entire damn hotel type thing. But I heard there were some glitches on that. I know there were some glitches on audio, like uh, Ken and Mai's presentation actually went out with no sound at all. So there's you watch us just miming stuff. Now, I did talk to Grant about it, and Grant checked with Randy. Uh, what's his last name? Weaver? That's the guy who's kind of mm-hmm. in charge of all that. Yeah. Yeah, and he Weaver. did make local recordings, which do have the microphone, and he's going to work on that. Like, I know Boat and Aaron were so disappointed with theirs because the audio quality was, like, double-miked and it was echoing into each other that they were going to re-record the show this weekend from scratch and just ditch the old one. Uh, but uh, it sounds like he's got some local recordings of theirs that might be a lot better, too. So he's going to be working on re-releasing those, adding lower thirds, et cetera, like we do in our show. And then we should get some nice clean ones. But I was just wondering for the live viewing for Nick and Kevin, what was it like? Were you guys seeing all these glitches or was that more localized if some certain people had crappy bandwidth or? Uh, The sound was, um, I I kept having to wind the video back a little because it was um, stuttering a lot. You wind it back a little, it fixed it for a little while, then started up stuttering again. So, yeah, but. That was uh, a bit rough. Um, did, yeah, David Lord in the chat is saying stream was horrible for me, continuous buffering. So that's yeah, the kind of that stuff is, I was hearing. Continuous buffering, yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, did you uh, have uh, your um, your um, seminar, Curtis? Yeah, and that's the one that went out with no sound at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, from the sounds of it, it sounds like the, the mic input to go out on the stream got shut off. So the local recording recorded the sound, but the output in the stream was just dead silence. The entire yeah, hour. So uh, Nick, Nick, so that was the best stream yeah, you've ever. Yeah, it was heard? the best, best, best yeah, seminar well, I've ever given. Yeah, I, it was I was the most thing. concise. I made the most sense I've ever had in my life. That's I what Nick was telling. And no errors. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin, if you're there, uh, did you watch any live streams? Did you get the same experience? Yeah, in the chat he says a lot of stuttering. There too. Oh, is he off the stream then, or? No, well, he's over there, but uh, he's in the chat also. Now, was was I'm there, there a lot of stuttering? Yeah, Tommy Gunderson is, is in Europe. He actually said the same thing. He said the streams were not really watchable at all for him. So yeah, that was pretty rough. Was there, Frank says no the, stream uh, of his keynote either. Too bad we solved all the world's problems. Was there any video of the actual? um display area at all i didn't see any on the day like it was only seminars that were yeah were... Well, we were supposed to have a live stream set up at some point did we Does that mean i that? didn't see one uh, uh even the well for the hotel the upload just wasn't just wasn't there but even the uh uh the portable wi-fi's i brought i wasn't getting enough self signal strength for any kind of upload download was okay but I mean, I was getting under one meg for upload, and that's not enough to do a live stream. 
Oh, okay. So we, we basically didn't try to live stream the, just the show floor. Yeah. Now, so it's, it wasn't just the hotel. I mean, even, even the portable one I brought didn't, didn't do it. The, the recordings that were posted, like say on Facebook afterwards, uh, those came out, I think. Okay. Um, cause I've, uh, checked out a couple of them and they, they seem to come out. All right. You mean like people's local recordings on iPhones and stuff or? Well, well, like, um, yeah, like a couple of the, uh, couple of the seminars, I saw postings on Facebook, um, of the, uh, of the seminars. Um, and, uh, I, I assume it was, um, somebody was making some official recording of them and, well, Rand, Randy was, and he was doing local recordings. Which yeah. once he adds in the thirds and he does some editing, yeah. he's going to put them up. So, okay, because it sounds like those are in much better shape than what actually most people saw live. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is the, the recordings that have been posted online seem to have come out a lot better. Okay, so anyway, maybe we was trying to watch stream and had a lot of trouble, which it seems from looking at the chat and, and talking to Kevin and Nick here, a lot of people did. Uh, it sounds like Randy does have be- local recordings that he made at the show itself that are in much better shape and he's going to be adding lower thirds and cleaning them up. And those will be gradually getting released and replacing the original live stream versions on the Glenside channel. And you would think that Grant, the Cocoa Fest coordinator would be on, on top of things involving live streams. Actually, <laughs> he's overqualified if anything, but <laughs> I, I would recommend that the live stream should only be of the, uh, the main exhibition hall and have it so that people can see what's going on in there. And the seminars should be just recorded, have a, a video camera just record it, because you can then transfer it and upload them later. And uh, the problem with that is is that last year we actually had co- comments coming in from the chat that we got to see and hear, and we could react to questions that people had live, and you you completely lose that if you do it as a complete pre-record. Now, with the bandwidth issues we had, Mitt, that probably would have been a better idea this year. I think the way this hotel worked, is everybody on all of the 17 different Wi-Fi hotspots that they had, which weren't unified at all. They were just individual spots. You saw like eight of them. They all went to one PC, which managed individual connections to keep people locked in so you couldn't do MAC address spoofing and stuff. Well, that puts all the load on one PC, and everything has to stream through that PC. And so the bandwidth is limited to by what their little local server thing could do. It, it wasn't like a normal hotel where you get a MAC address and then you're going straight out the network and off to the world. You're going through APC to their network and off to the world. So they can manage your connection very carefully. And uh, yeah. Not so they favored security over speed, obviously. Then Exactly. It was, it was good enough for a room guest to do, but you aren't going to stream any events without doing something else. And now, Tommy's 46. Tommy's super cell phone thing that had like the eight ID. Eight antennas on it. It looked like a science fiction project on itself. Yeah. That thing worked pretty good. But like I say, he had to take the SIM card out of his phone and stick it in it and let it take over his world. And But I may get one of those. That looks like a good way to do things. If you have an unlimited Verizon account, you know, whack the heck out of it. He was, he was using, un- he has an unlimited T-Mobile account for that. He had a Verizon one too, but it was limited to 15 gigs. He didn't want to waste and, that. Uh, if you right, put okay. a piece of bread there in between those antennas, you're going to get toast in about four minutes. You just stack right. it bread, put them in the slot <laughs> between the antennas. <laughs> put a slice of cheese in there, you're all yeah. set. Hey, Curtis? Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention I didn't earlier is uh, 
got to meet a lot of new people. I was just going through the list of people I was talking with. So I got to meet uh, Dan Barber. He's the guy that did that. Uh, the uh, RS-232 back goes directly to um, USB. He also has the, the math co-processor card, the AMD 9511. So I got to talk with him, chat a little bit. Uh, a guy named Tom Heron um, yep. was looking at the Alcaron game, of, uh, and he just sent me a link today about uh, one he saw on the Super Nintendo. It was one of the last games ever built for it with Mario. It was pretty cool. I mean, He's working on a tower defense style game for the Coco. Actually, he talked to me a couple of years ago about that. And he was asking oh. me some more questions about that, too. So, so was ah, he at cool. The Heron guy? Tom Heron? Yeah, he yeah. was there. Yeah, oh, I talked to him. Then you could have touched the Heron at this show. Yeah. Yeah. I think that may have been inappropriate. I thought it might have involved charges, though, Ron, if you yeah. tried doing that. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciated that. Uh, uh, and then uh, Justin Larson and his son, uh, uh, Colin? Colin? Colin. Um, anyway, so he was really excited to map games. Like, I can make my own map. Yeah, let's show you how to make a map. So, mm-hmm. and then of course, Charmark Charlie, his his presentation was pretty cool too. So, got to see a lot of uh, people that watch our show and uh, talk to him in person and uh, see them see them in real life. It was very cool, and I think it like like Barbara. I don't think I really got a chance to talk to him. Um, he, Heron he and I had there. a long lengthy conversation with, but he actually had to leave at two a.m. on Sunday, so he was only there for Saturday. So. Okay, but yeah, yeah. A, a good problem to have is you're too busy to see everybody. Like if your yep. your booth exactly. is that busy, then you're constantly asking, answering questions, and you don't get a chance yep. to see everybody. That's not a bad thing. I mean, I I do miss not talking to people, but the fact there's that much enthusiasm that people are going to the booths and asking a lot of questions that's mm-hmm. that's a positive net positive for me. I I started going horse on Saturday afternoons. Like ah. yeah, I did too. <laughs> Thank God I just play guitar and don't try to sing. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta say that. Um, yeah, that was, I think, one of the biggest thrills for me was to meet a lot of you in person for the first time. We're sorry. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just the opposite. Just the opposite. It was great, finally, Curtis, to meet you uh, face-to-face. That was awesome. And and uh, Ken also, I hadn't met him before. And and uh, let's see, a lot of you I'd seen two years ago. But um, but uh, some of you, uh, especially the Canadians, uh, I hadn't met you before. So it was great. Great to finally yeah. see And then that. people that had been there in a while, like Ron. Like It was, what, five years oh, yeah. since your last one? Uh, 19. 2019. Yes, 2019. Ron, you too. Uh, it's the first time I'd met you face-to-face as well. That was, uh, it was really it great. It didn't hurt at all, did it? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. It was Not great. <laughs> it's my ego. That's all. This is, you know, this, is my, this was my fifth Cocoa Fest already. Where has the time gone? <laughs> hey, you've been to more than that. Or are you not counting Pen Fest? No, not counting Penfest. Uh, that's okay. Uh, that's why I have that on the banner. I went to a 2004 Coco Fest when it was uh, Lonnie Falk's thing. Uh, before yeah, that, because Lonnie was sorry. at. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was, uh, 1984. 84. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was already going to an earlier one than that. 1984. I was in the second grade. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Lonnie, the last one Lonnie was at, I think, was 91. Oh, okay. So what was the first last? Was that the Cocoa Pro? Ninety two. Was that the ninety two in Chicago? And then they had Atlanta Fest too. That were ongoing at the same time, offsetting like every few months. So there were there were the Rainbow Fest, and then there was the Cocoa Pro Fest, and then there were the Glenside Fest. Well, yeah, Cocoa Fest was originally Dave Myers and Cocoa Pro, but Glenside was part of that too. And then I think it's second or third year, but Glenside completely took it over. Because Dave and Nancy Myers sponsored the first one, but they didn't want to run a show. So Glenside, I think, kind of took it over from there. My understanding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the first last was the Coco 92. Pro 92. Yeah. 
Yeah, ninety three. I think was the first Glenn side one. Was the ninety first last? <laughs> and of course, in the eighties, there was another like Color Expo that Color Computer Magazine sponsored, and Rainbow Fest in California. four different cities every year and stuff. There was a ton of them. There was a couple in California. Yeah, New Jersey had one. Uh, California, yeah, Princeton, New Jersey had one, and and that would have been the closest one for me. But still, I never made it because I was a teenager and didn't have a license, and my parents didn't want to take me, even though it was just a few <laughs> hours away. She didn't want you to be corrupted by the kinds of people that uh, lived there. It would have been awesome. I would have loved it, but I would have had no money to spend there. So you know. <laughs> Now, I guess a question for Slippy. So Frank has been commenting in the chat here, and he said, uh, definitely a fantastic show. We had a blast. Glad to hear that, Frank. Sorry you had to get yanked away under the circumstances early. Uh, but he said, chatting with Slippy was a defiant highlight. I think he might have meant definite, or maybe he meant defiant. I was going to ask you what he's doing. Yeah. I think yeah. he was right the first time. No, he, was, he wasn't He was talking to me. He was talking to Sloppy, not Sloopy. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, sloppy was a defined highlight, so he's kind of mixed a few words. There. I think he's using autocorrect on his phone. That's what I'm gathering. <laughs> Have you been drinking, Frank? Dang, autocorrect, uh, <laughs> autocorrect it gets you every time. I tell you, auto incorrect is what I call it. But yep, yeah, that's right. Auto, auto, it's called. I have, one, I have one piece of hardware that I got at the show. I would like to point out. Sure. So, um, before before the show, I had this nice little world view of Mark. Can you zoom that? So okay. There we are. So here so are the cocoa. Hard. Here are the cocoa keyboard types, and then a certain individual showed up and brought another type. This one looks <laughs> much like the tanned one, less tanned, but it's a membrane keyboard. Is this a Model F? Do you think, Curtis? I don't even remember off the top of my head, to be honest. It's, uh, I just had it laying around here for a while. It's yeah, it could be different. Because the F was, I think, the first board that had the uh, Mylars. I think okay, the board so this must that be F-board Mylar, so it's yet another kind of keyboard. So that's good. <laughs> that's one of the ones I gave you? Yes, yes. Yep. Before I even went into the show, he wrecked my whole world, destroyed my <laughs> life. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it fits along with the chocolate bar theme. Right. Yeah, I, I, I guess while well, we're on it. I got a new SDC, so I don't have to run back and forth from the front room to the back room with my one and only working one. Yeah, this worked out well. I, th I heard Frank said that they brought 32 of them. They were sold out by they, two they in the afternoon out. on Saturday or something. Exactly. So I expect we... Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little mad about that. I wish I'd known. I would have definitely swiped one. Um, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then he ended up selling his demo unit. Were yeah. they a special sale uh, show price? I don't know. They were sold out by the time I got to his booth, so I have no idea. Right. Who knows? <laughs> I, I did get this thing, which is a, another DAT board to replace the one that blew up, so I can test some more stuff. So that was fun. Which yeah, DAT board are you up. using at the moment? Uh, the the boys in tech one died, so since Cloud9 was literally across the aisle, I got one of his, so I can test that against all my new hardware now. I'd be curious to know if you get um, problems with it. I've got one of those, and I'm getting sparklies. Okay, yeah, we'll see how that goes because I have obviously lots of hardware to test against these things. Oh, Frank says that uh, Coco CCs are back in stock on the site because they actually did sell out of their yeah. inventory. I know so they're back on. But does Frank ship those via UPS? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> and then. 
since I'm cloning a Orc 90, I figured I should get an Orc 90. So I can at least compare with what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Good idea. And, and then with all of these repair parts, I kind of blew up my broken to fixed ratio. So uh, Taylor helped me out and gave me this. Same on Model Synth. So <laughs> that looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, it may. This this was the donor that made hers go. This was the big hallway hardware project, wasn't don't it? Don't we ha don't we yeah, have a picture you, of that somewhere? Yeah, you did. Yeah, this was the hallway. Uh, hardware. Yes, I think so. This is the leftovers from that, and that's yeah, the original that's, color of the case, right in the middle there. Yeah, so basically it's interesting to see how close I can get this back to working again. So that was fun. Thank you. Taylor. Yeah. But, Basically, what happened was I had uh, I had two, and I was going to sell them one, give uh, sell them one for a good price. Then when I went to Tandy Assembly, I knew that the one that I had that I was going to sell them, which you're looking at most of it, um, didn't look okay. too good. Even here's though the it, hallway. Here's the there's, there it is in action. <laughs> um, so I grabbed another one from uh, Tandy Assembly that looked nice but didn't work. And I already knew that I was going to give them both to her. And uh, I said, uh, well, here, you have to pick one. <laughs> and and she's going back and forth between the two of them. <laughs> and uh, it's like, she's like, do I want the one that works or do I want the one that looks nice? And the things that, that were wrong with it were written on the on the cover. And she's going through and I, I lean over to her and I and to well to her and Amy and I said, you know, I'm old and I got back problems and I can't run. And if you grab them both and run, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to catch you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun watching you try. So they grabbed them, they ran out in the hallway and they were like laughing and giggling along with AJ. And <laughs> and they're like oh, and they're celebrating. And then I looked at um, who was there. I think it was Ken was standing there. Yeah. And I said, wow, that is my opus. I made three women happy all at once. I'm ready to die now. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, my. But yeah. Okay, go back to sleep, David. <laughs> I, I have a piece of hardware, too, that uh, from the show that I, I don't know if anybody's mentioned or not. And that... That'll take us out right to the end of the show. Yeah, as he backs <laughs> right. up the semi truck into the loading. Is it something you bought there or got there, yes. Brian, or is it something yeah. that you brought along? <laughs> no, it's something that I bought. Okay. Um, uh, I picked up uh, one of Brennan Donahue's um, uh, joystick adapters for the MC10. Ah, nice. With all the bits to go between it. Yeah, so this is the, uh, his. I don't know if you guys stopped by his booth or not. but yeah. uh, That's the um, shim. Yep. So this is the board. That gets installed there. You uh, you have to uh, uh, desolder the two uh, joystick headers, and then uh, this would drop drop down in that spot. And then what you can do is you can take the joystick headers that you desoldered, and you can resolder them into this board. So um, I'm sorry, not joystick, uh, keyboard. Sorry, the two keyboard headers, um, and then you can resolder those uh, uh, pins back into here. So when you put this all together, you can reconnect. Uh, the joystick, but it has the uh, has the little re Raspberry Pi Pico on here, um, and then this is the part that you would see protruding out front. Oops, sorry about the glare there, guys. So you have your two joystick ports and your um, USB keyboard port. So once you sandwich all this in there, 
obviously the case isn't going to go back on. So then he also sells this, uh, the spacer in which many colors. See. Yeah. In, m- in many different colors. You can and see that's also the, uh, for the Coco VGA and the MC 10. Correct. Yep. Yep. That's right. Um, and so here's, here's the ports and you have them all labeled and everything. He also has the, uh, the ports here for, if you want to uh, relocate, where's it at here? If you want to relocate the, uh, the power button and the, uh, and the reset button, you mm-hmm. can, uh, uh, he includes those in the kit as well. I was going to bring my MC 10 and I, I had it set right there and I forgot to pack it in the car. So I ended up taking the kit, but he, uh, he has some really good instructions and some really good videos, um, on his site there that pretty much kind of walk you through the whole process. Um, and then the one other piece that I got too, that he was including with it is this little, uh, um, little stand. So once you, uh, um, you put this all together, you can take your MC 10 and set it right on, on the side there and kind of take a little less space and have your keyboard and joysticks right out front there. So well, now before, well, that'll hold the window open. Yeah, before Jim Gary uh, did all his work, um, that was for the door, but um, heck now, it's respectable. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. Yeah. I mean, there's other, other other people are doing development for the for the MC10 too, including uh, Inafuto, et cetera. That there's a dozen games, machine language games, even that are out there. So it's it's definitely rising up in the uh, retro well, the nice community. Thing, yeah, and the nice thing about it is that um, you can go and play a lot of existing games because of the uh, the keyboard mapping uh, feature that he has there. You can you can program the left, right, up, down to be any any key on the keyboard. Yep. So whatever game that you have. You can pretty much set it up to uh, to work with that, so it's uh yeah really nice. Talking about that USB um, uh, serial, I did pick up one of those boards as well, unpopulated, but um, out on his GitHub, he has all of the detail of the the different TTL chips uh, that you need. He can you zoom back all... up, Mark? <laughs> oh, okay. Shifted back to the other one too quick. I didn't know he had more hardware either. <laughs> There's always more with. We, we should know better, yeah. With Brian, yeah. It's, it's yeah. He only stops showing us hardware when we cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked up one of the. Uh, who, I can't remember. Forgive me. Uh, is that Don? Don Barber? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was selling the uh, USB serial pack. Um, uh, but yeah, he has the board. It's all silk screened up, nice. Um, he said uh, all of it's out on his GitHub site, and uh, this is all just standard TTL. He said the only thing that's kind of unique is the uh, the USB, but he said that's just that's a stock item as well. So for those who aren't familiar with that particular project, what exactly does this board do? Um, I think uh, I, I, it's basically what it's supposed to do is supposed to give you the serial out through a USB, and you can go right to your uh, to a computer there. From if I understand it correctly, yeah. I was ba- going to I was going to read some more about it, but um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, it treats the uh, USB serial as if it were a 6551 serial high-speed serial port. Right. Yeah. So the Coco sees it as a serial, and then you're you can then connect it to your computer. Yep. But it's yeah, not. So, yeah, but what? from the Coco itself, it's not serial. It's parallel because it's it thinks it's writing to a 6551. Okay. Understood. Yep. Yeah. So you read or write a byte of data at times instead of bit banging it. Yeah. I'm sure I'm surprised that uh, David Ladd is not here uh, all over this. I mean, this is <laughs> um, I that that's what we were discussing about half an hour ago, Sloopy, when I was talking about the Becker port speeds when he came over and we tested it on my machine. Yeah, didn't you hear? Didn't you hear him go? Ooh, <laughs> oh yeah. So is, does he have any plans of actually selling these as 
manufactured boards rather than have to solder and put sockets and uh, chips on it? Uh, he didn't. He didn't mention that to me, but it's possible that maybe he has some. He maybe it was just easier to to bring a stack of these because it sounds interesting to me. But if it has to be where you have to solder your stuff, I won't be able to use it. So <laughs> yeah, I got I got the last um, of the PCBs from the newest model he had with him, but uh, um, if if he doesn't do it, maybe he'll have have Frank build pre-assembled units. Because there's a pre-assembled nice. thing that would be like a ROM pack board. It wouldn't be so big and yes, it's actually got a spot for you to install a ROM for those that like using HDB DOS for drive smartwatch uh, clock. But I'm saying that clock. that whole long card would fit in a ROM pack game port along with the ROM. It would be a tiny little thing if it was pre-manufactured. Mm-hmm. Well, see that unit. Be- that unit fits perfectly inside the RS-232 packs enclosure. Or so, this controller, I would assume, too, the full size? The old old ones, yeah. Yes. Like a 500 or or the older ones previous to that, but not a 501 yeah. or a 502. Right. The, the 26-3022, the 26-3029, or the FD-500. Because obviously the FD-501 um, and 2 are the short packs. And even has the even has the dip switches on here, so you can tell it whether or not it's a deluxe RS two thirty two or a Direct Connect modem pack by uh, flipping the switches to get the different bits there. Yep. Frank is saying in the chat that uh, they could make it way smaller. Yeah, this could be the size of a game. Seriously. Yeah, it could. Yeah, That's- and then you have you have like injection molded cartridge cases that fit that, so we wouldn't have to you know record. Disable a, a previous disc controller or RC32 pack controller to do it if, if it, it gets shrunk. Cut it in half with a bandsaw, fold it, and then dodge <laughs> wires. Oh, jeez. I did have <laughs> one, one little shout out to Rick Adams, though. I did pick up one of his uh, um, uh, buggy ones. One of, I mean, one of, game, one of his games. Yeah, one of his games there that uh, uh, this is the one that has the, uh, he said he had a, a bug in it. And so this one here uh, has the, uh, the, the bug has been corrected and uh, I went ahead and had him uh, put a little squiggly on the back of it for me there, so he signed it for me. So nice. that's not a bug; that's a special edition. Special yeah. edition. Special edition. <laughs> Collector's item. That's what we keep telling Rick, right? <laughs> <laughs> Rick's a super nice guy, as we all know. So he's a. So, yeah, but yeah, if they could shrink that down to fit onto a standard game cartridge, like the uh, you know. Um, John uh, Linville ordered all those injection molded cases, and I think they've got hundreds left. So that would be perfect for that, where they could actually, you know, sell it as a mm-hmm. a dual Frank, instead of having to three D print everything. Well, isn't there? Isn't there some uh, leftover? Like, uh, what? What's the one that everyone wants to take apart now? The uh, GFL football. Grips GFL it. football. Yeah, Grips there it. you go. You forgot? No, no not scripts. No, that's that's no, not scripts. That's it. good. Yeah. It's the one that's kind of like Dungeons of Daggerith, but not Temp- Temple of that Thurgood. Yeah. Oh, Temple of Thurgood. Yeah. There you go. That's I don't know. It. You guys used to diss on Dino Wars attempts. I don't trust your guys' you know, views on games. So <laughs> <laughs> it's so famous. People come site. and have their weddings in front of it. I mean, how could you guys be so wrong? <laughs> I got a couple of more pictures I want to share. Are you done? Oh, one more thing here. Just oh, a little okay. plug to little plug to Frank, though. I did pick up one of their new uh, uh, their new diags too. So. Uh, yeah, and you actually got to test it with an eight meg cocoa, didn't you? 
Yeah, I brought my uh, my Gimme X, and uh, I have one of the eight meg boards, and we ran this, and it ran it all the way up to through the eight uh, through the eight megs. So, so uh, somehow yeah, I didn't see that. I I wish I grabbed a copy of that. There, Ken, Ken uh, Waters actually, when Frank had to leave early, he actually gave Ken six, and I think Ken's got one or two left. He sold the other ones at the show, but uh, hmm. both Frank and Ken actually have some that they might be willing to part with. Who would want one of those? <laughs> right? Yeah, really. Yeah. Me every time I touch hardware because I'll blow something up. Yeah, I mean, what what good are those things? I mean, no one wants one of those, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, very good. Um, Ron had something to share. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it up? Yeah. Okay, this is my son. Yeah, the Facebook the show. Page. It was really cool to see his little hands Well, when he was a kid, you know, messing with the cocoa. And then he did it again for me at the show, which was cool. This is a uh, Taylor and Amy's uh, cover that they put over the table. <clears throat> Got a picture of the whole thing. Looks pretty cool, don't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, <clears throat> this is uh, um, Paul uh, Barton's computer. I had it up and running, and uh, he has a special um, page that he changed from the three of me. Yeah, the controlled reset graphic he changed yeah. just like David did on his machine. Yeah. And then uh, the, the snake made one? Yeah, I got a close up of his shirt, but it was blurred, so it didn't work very well. That's actually just what it looks like, Ron. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is cool. Look, this is P51 head to head. You could play two side by side at the show. Did you guys yep. notice that? Yeah, you yeah, just did the null modem serial cable between them, or you could use modems, which some people did back in the day for the, the game itself, and you could actually play head-to-head two cocos, except it's really hard to find each other. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. That'd be David Craker's booth, I believe. Yeah. Yep, and uh, that, that's about it. I, I I also had this from, I don't know, a long time ago. Somebody asked if uh, um, this game, uh, Ninja was um, made Last for the, the Last Ninja. It was made for the Coco. And I remember um, making this up, you know, years ago. And this is for um, May, May to 2031. And it's $40.99 because of inflation. <laughs> Canadians even more. Yeah, so, that's probably low for the Canadian side. Yeah. Hey, Ron, if you want to... Ron, if you could scroll up one picture there. Uh, I was just going to comment about that. This one? Uh, oh, the one with him in it. This one? Yeah, right here. Yeah. Um, so uh, Mark asked me uh, if I had any computers to look at, and I knew I did have this one color computer three. And uh, so Mark was taking a look at it, and he was doing some measurements. But uh, it had a very unique issue when you turned it on and made this nice 60 hertz buzz, and... It, it wasn't a transformer buzzing. It was actually the the um, uh, relay. cassette relay. The relay was in there actually buzzing on and off at about 60 hertz. And uh, mm-hmm. Mark uh, Mark narrowed it down. He did some troubleshooting. And uh, we're going with um, uh, maybe a failed cap that might be either shorted or open or something. So I'm yeah, going to do a little. Yeah, the big tall one? Yeah, yep. the big filter cap. Yep. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, do a, um, I'm going to recap that one and uh, I'll. Uh, I'll be sure to uh, give See some feedback right. and 
Yep. See yeah. if you're right there. I'll let you guys know. So, but that was, it was kind of an, I'd never had a cocoa. I mean, I've had all sorts of video problems or no video, but never, never a noise like that coming out of it. So thanks Mark for uh, wanting to take a look at it. This one of the Mark screen. Yeah. One, one of the tests we did with that is uh, we hooked up an alternate five volt source to it and the rest of the, of the machine came up fine. Correct. Yep. Yep. Mark, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit here until you guys just, Kind of talked about it here. I didn't even recognize that was you without your glasses on. <laughs> that, for close I was trying to work. figure out who is this guy. I don't remember seeing him on the show. <laughs> who are these He's kind of like Superman, kind of like Clark Kent. You know, taking glasses <laughs> yeah. off and he's a totally different person there. So no, no it's just it's just the overshadowing uh, overshadowing by David Ladd. <laughs> yeah, the gray hair. <laughs> but notice that's a Radio Shack voltmeter I'm using. Yes, oh, yeah. they're staying right. on brand. Right? Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> yep. That's about it, guys. Thanks. Unfortunately, I did not take a lot of pictures because at show because I just always forget to take pictures. I'm busy visiting with people. So I know Ken's got a bunch. Um I, I think he's posted a few of them on, on the Discord already, maybe even to Facebook, but he's he's got a lot more. Obviously, Taylor and Amy, you know, shot video and and stuff too. So I, I talked, I took them. some pictures, but most of them are me with somebody else, right? So uh, that's know. good. Yeah, show them though. I mean, sometimes we get a better face shot of some of the people that some of us missed. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll post the one with me and you, uh, Curtis. Then. Well, I meant people that are important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Well, that's so why you, that's why I took the picture with Ken Waters with the you know with the matching Ken's theme at least. Do you want me to <laughs> run through the slideshow I have? Sure, why not? Sure, yeah, we should, yeah, just to yep. see what else you caught. So the... these are what I snagged from Discord, so Jason probably did most of these pictures. I haven't added mine yet to it. Um, let's see, to the beginning. We got Marco. You guys can see this correctly, right? Mm, nope, not yet, no. Small screen. Uh, okay, let me see if I can make an adjustment for that. Oh, it's actually showing it on the stream. Oh, it's on, yeah, it's on the, uh, on the it's not pinning. It's not pinning the actual show stream, so we didn't see it there. All right, okay, so let me try to. Oh, that is. Oh, that's that's funky. That's yeah. good. That works. Uh, okay, okay stop, stop. I'm stop, looking stop, to infinity. Yeah. And, and beyond. beyond. Yeah. Okay, can you, are you guys able to see those? Only if we pin your the the streaming out because right now we're just seeing the checkerboard of all of us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. I stream is fine. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Is that Marco at the airport? Where's the visor? Uh he's incognito right now. That's why he doesn't have the visor on. It's a fake Marco. Polo. (laughs) Canon Canon Jason. Yes, I I, 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 I saw a Hawaiian shirt at Walmart. Best thirteen dollars I ever spent. I was just trying to figure just which, which shirt's louder. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of tough to tell. Hey, they look nice together. The shirts, yeah, they look like <laughs> brothers. I swear, they're brothers. Actually, they kind of do. <laughs> All right, next. There's the visor. Yeah. Yep, that's the visor, the visor club too. The visor user group. That one I liked. I saw the one on Facebook of Fred petting the dinosaur. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I um, 
I sent that to my brother who, um, he and I used to play that game a lot when we first got our first Coco and he got a kicked out of that picture. He's like, Dino Wars. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this Mark and David doing a duet singing and, and uh, Aaron's trying to comfort David for his lack of a good singing voice or what's going on here? I, I think oh. Aaron was just about, I just got a little too close to David. And I think that's, that's why you got Aaron's Mark's in. reaction there. Yeah. yeah. David, yeah, what's your recollection of this picture? Yeah, Aaron's a hugger. Was that the wet ear one? Ew. Uh, it could have been. <laughs> uh, something went on there. I don't know. I, I just... <laughs> oh, let's see. That's Ken and me in our natural state after 24 like, hours on the road together. Like, <laughs> do not adjust your picture. <laughs> I'd buy that game. <laughs> For a dollar. Whoops. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. I got to click back. I went too I'll far. I'll take Canadian duos for 200. <laughs> All right. Uh, they're Sloopy. I, I'm trying to figure out what that facial expression is, Sloopy. What the heck was that about? That was the best expression he would give me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this was a famous model 100 hackathon session there that Rick was talking about earlier. So was this the after it was all done or before? Pretty the much. That was Live a, and in the hall. This is mid chop, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's at the beginning, before. I do believe. Before no, a bit, a bit later because I only joined it late. I didn't even know you guys were doing it at the beginning. I just popped in at the last ten yeah, minutes. This this is when they was partially done. Because then they finished uh, doing it, and by the end she was by herself. Because I got a photo, I got a picture of that, where where it shows her sitting there playing with it. And I pan back and show that there's absolutely no one there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my elbow there. She already had it assembled by the time I joined the group. That's Frank. That's apparently the new cover shot for the new version of the diagnostic cartridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jim Rice, okay. <laughs> Jim Rice, yeah. Uh, Mark, go back one. Go back to uh, Taylor. Yes. Yeah. Jim, uh, go back to yeah. There. Jim Jim Rice says Fletcher change her hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so who brought those cutouts? So are we going? Are we going to be calling? Uh, I think that's Fletcher Tim Lindner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he couldn't. He couldn't have brought them because, you know, he flew. Now, they were. I believe hmm? it was the the folks that had the battery operated cocos. I thought they brought them, <coughs> but oh, I could okay. be wrong. Because I asked they're, a few and got lots of denials. So. Yeah, they're they're with the Glenside stuff at the uh, warehouse. Yeah, because nobody would claim them afterwards. So. <laughs> Maybe. Are you talking about Frank or are you talking about those uh, program pack things? The program pack things. <laughs> yeah, the program pack cutouts. It may have been Tim and then he just gave them. He to donated them. them type thing. Yeah, it might have yeah. been. Well, he wouldn't have been able to bring them on the airplane. Right. Yeah. Not unless they folded. And they, there were no marks. Hmm. So. Well, maybe it was Charmark. That's the portable Coca. Oh, Boat and Aaron brought them. Oh, okay. Okay, there right. you go. Ah, well, if you guys want, if you guys want them back, they're at the VCF warehouse. 
Yes. I think we need to keep them there as an enticement for them to make sure they come back to the next show. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool that uh, uh, Brennan's daughter uh, comes with comes with them every year. It's kind of kind of fun because five years ago she was this tall, and now she's this tall. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think all his family comes. It's just that she's the only one that comes into the show. Oh, okay. And as an active part of the booth, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I know that at Tandy Assembly they were all there, but his wife and his other daughter didn't. They only came in once or twice, and that was it. Well, there was only those two at dinner, so. Yeah. Oh, Frank, saying about those uh, program pack things, he said Aaron's brother, which is Brent, or the Brent, as he's known on ARG, works at a print shop, which he does, and he made them, so. Does he work at the print shop? No, there's a local one in Hurricane. Hurricane, yeah. Yeah. And here's where the streams crossed in the the two <laughs> podcasts that you know have parlaying back and forth some of the gaming stuff here and, and generally commenting each other's videos constantly so they finally got to meet in person yeah so that's Taylor a cool and Amy show and uh, sibling rivalry both that's a real cool pick there or they're karaokeing i can't tell oh. <laughs> i think that's the game where you try to buy things from ron's garage yeah <laughs> and here is Aaron trying out Warp Factor 3D with the real 3D glasses on. So I blent up the glasses for that. Hey, there you go. There's the furniture again. That's the inspiration for Nightmare Highway or the other way around. I can't remember. I think it's the other way around. We, uh, Like I said earlier, we were packing up on Sunday and I, I went over there. So I got to get a picture of that. And he goes walking up like, no, I'm your picture with those. You're so the I'm guy curious, who the somebody... game furniture. Somebody did mention, Jason, that they saw one of these being packed into somebody's car. That wasn't you and Ken, though, so I'm wondering who did that. It was that. not. It was not. That's David Krager. It sure is. That's the networking gods. And, and Ken. Ken, <laughs> <laughs> Ken photobombing the networking gods. <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, I mean, if you want to go back one, just so we can mention who everybody is. So that's Rick Eland, obviously, on the left. That's Brett Gordon on the middle. And Henry, St- Henry Strickland, is that his name? Henry Strickland, yep. Okay, on the and, right. And they were they were doing all kinds of stuff that just blew my mind. And Henry had coffee. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I thanked him several times. But we didn't quite get to the point of streaming the coffee maker on the network, which was, I think, the goal yeah that was one of your ultimate goals that's a stretch goal now next year <laughs> like x coffee except I, i'm kind of glad you didn't because you would just see me there like the whole show you'd think <laughs> i'd never left <laughs> there's a president of the glenset computer club jim brain also of retro innovations and jason John Mark Mobley. Another picture of that. Call him a that. <laughs> There's the wireless cocos if you guys have uh, had not and seen those before. And that's Charlie, right? Yep. Charlie with Charmark. Porter Coco. By the way, the father goes by the handle Flutterball on our Coco Discord. Okay. 
That's the problem. I I I, yeah, I, I have a hard time putting all the name the faces with all the handles. handles. Yeah, I I'm totally lost. So that's why I don't use handles. I haven't used them since CB Chat on CompuServe in the eighties. Wow. I don't call it handles. I I, call, I don't call mine a handle. I call it branding. <laughs> you should handle your branding better. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ouch! I can be lame all week, folks. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's true. There's there's a couple of people I only know by their handles, like Deke and Sloopy. Um, you know, I, I'm hard pressed to remember their actual names. <laughs> Branding with a soldering yard. <laughs> yeah, that that's me and my hair. That's uh, it's like a tattoo. Uh, so jam session. Oh, and this was during the Nightmare Highway song. Yep. And there's the wedding party. Mm. That that's an awesome picture. I still love that. That that I'll remember for the rest of my life. I was actually going to say we should put this on the Glenside uh, page and just say this is the now dress code for all Coco Fest from now on. Yeah. <laughs> you have to wear matching silver suits. Well, we all dress up looking like we work for Radio Shack. If we had tinfoil <laughs> hats, it would finish it off. A second one. That's Rick's display, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. 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 Nice shot of the room. It was, it, it was a nice sized room. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. that's I, that's only it was half. amazing how full it looked on Saturday. Like with, when we had 130 people going through, it actually looked pretty full when the seminars yeah. weren't on. It, did it looked really full i was so, i was impressed yeah so this is basically standing by the coffee machine so that's one half of the room and then that's the other half yeah it, it looked a bit thinned out a little bit once the seminars are on because some seminars were getting tended by 30 to four people at the auction for example but before the uh seminar started it, it looked like a really good nice full room where people and were during working. and during the auction in particular it's like I like I said before, I didn't go to the auction, so I hung out in the dealer room here, and it was pretty sparse. But I mean, um, but yeah, usually it looked really full. I mean, there were times when it was quicker to go behind the tables than down the front to get across the room. Yeah, there was a I couple times that. I had to wait in line to get you know, up to a certain booth or something. That's that's a good problem to yeah. have. Absolutely. Yep. Red and run. Yeah, Who's that guy? I think Ron was giving him yeah. tips on how to grow a magnificent beard. Oh, yeah, beard. that's me. Oh, there we are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> these were uh, these are some of the ones I took, I think. And I didn't yeah. post all of them, just a few of them. There you go. A new cart. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Now, as you notice here, my hair's on fire again, too. I'm just keeping it clean. <laughs> it is smoking, at least. Maybe it's smoldering. That seems to be a recurring theme with you, Curtis. Yeah, it's a, it's more of a, a, a lifestyle, I think, at this point. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a style. It's a style. It reminds, reminds me, I need to get my hair cut. It's getting too messy and too long. Oh, sure, Fred. Rub it in. Uh, is Jeff slash Deke? Yep. Oh, is that his real name? I... <laughs> yeah. 
I've heard it. I've heard his real name before. I just can never remember it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I give his real name when I do credits for DCC and stuff in the OU and the documentation. Uh, so. There's there's me and Boise. I had a good conversation with Boise. Uh, I uh, talked to him about uh, the origin of his last name and you know where his family's from, and um, that was pretty cool. Oh, is that what they're, when they're flying out from Frisco, or, or is that in O'Hare? Like the airport. Or not Frisco, uh, sorry. That's, that's too nice moved. for O'Hare. Too nice for O'Hare. <laughs> well, because it has paint? Yeah. Although, amazingly, when I was leaving, so you think uh, Monday midday would be really busy. There was no line at the check-in and no line at the TSA. Oh, wow. I, was I don't think I've ever seen was, that. I was starting to wonder if I was in the right airport. And, you, you know, I, I found the same thing. Like uh, the the, uh, the security line at Salt Lake Airport to go to Chicago was really long. But coming back, th- there was no line at all um, at the security in, 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 in Chicago's O'Hare coming back. It was and nice. I, I really like this picture because it's showing that we're getting young people to come out that are actually interested in this kind of stuff. We had several of them. So that's that's a really good thing. And I hope that trend continues. In fact, the, uh, we're going to need the, going to need the I new was, blood. I was seeing that, uh, of course, in the hotel at the same time was a uh, contingent of uh, hockey players, youth, youth hockey players. Yeah. Yes. They were, they were looking in the door too. Geez, if they had hockey sticks, they should have joined us Canadians. We could have had a game of shinny right on the floor. <laughs> I think they were. I yeah. Think they did. If, if the snow had kept uh, coming down, uh, eventually you could have. I mean, Ken and I had lots of snow. We could have brought it down with us because it just filled the whole place. Well, at one point it was snowing on Saturday, like around noontime or so. Um, Yeah. There's a rare picture. A youngster. Is that uh, Jay Cyril's farming game, Mark? Or is that Alcoran or something? Alcaron to me. I was I was kind of watching Alcaron from a distance. It looks like that's what it is. Because I know Jay did a perspective game like that for that farming game, uh, fruit growing game. I can't remember the name of it. It's off top of my head. It's on my site. There's Boat and Aaron, and I can't remember who's the guy in the middle. He introduced himself to me, and I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. I apologize to him. Vince looked funny on that computer. There he is again. I assume the ones who's taking these pictures here, but I why am I blanking his name? Probably lack of sleep. <laughs> yeah, I remember he I think he's someone on the Discord. Yeah. Ah, there was uh dinner. Yeah, with Chris Ox uh, up in the front there. Side so I think it's Tony in the red hat. Yeah. Oh, no, that was that was one end of the restaurant anyway. That's the other end. Oh, there's the other end. Tony was able to hook me up with a meal for my son when he came because somebody uh, said that they couldn't make it and give the meal to someone who could use it. And I thought that was really nice of him to do that for me, for him. Jason, John, and Ron. The three amigos. Yeah. <laughs> see. And there's that shirt. Look at it. <laughs> and for some reason, I don't have controls anymore. <laughs> uh. 
It's like my arrow to select the next picture isn't there anymore. So is that the last picture? Uh, uh, let me look. Hmm. Yes, it is the last picture. Ah, uh, that's why. That would be why. But yeah, there's more pictures that people haven't submitted. You had a chance to submit yet, yeah. so we'll Absolutely. probably follow up some even more over the next week or two as people yeah. kind of get settled and get. The that's just what I harvested up. off of uh, Discord. Look at. Ooh, look at that background. What is that? It's green. Right, check all the shortcuts. <laughs> why can't I? Why can't I click on any of these? <laughs> what was that uh, one that I just saw there? <laughs> something kind of looked like Nvidia of some sort. Now that one shortcut said something hub. Oh, oh, oh! oh. <laughs> Did it begin with a P or something? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Oh, Polka Hub. That, that's that's great for accordion uh, accordion aficionados. So, right. when we well, get I'd... Weird Al to come down for a keynote and sing, you know, white nerdy or whatever yeah. type thing like that. So, hey, do we want to say run our first commercial and jump in the game on, or sure? I think that's about. Yeah, it for, it's uh... only been two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, maybe we should take a break. No news okay. today, folks. I'll save it for next week. I didn't have time to even look. Amalgamated, I think so. I've got all my cool stuff that I got. <laughs> oh, okay. No, actually, um, the stuff that I got at Coco Fest, I do, I'm still sorting through and such. But after I left Coco Fest, I met up with someone um, south of Indianapolis and uh, got a few things from them. Uh, if people want to see them. Also, isn't the uh, uh, Randy Kindig's? Uh... Indianapolis show, his retro show going on this weekend? Yeah, the uh, Indie Classic. That's going on right now. And it's pretty popular. Quite cool. a few people there. I've seen a few pictures. So um, yeah. Somebody's sp- supposed to be there going to that. Uh, who is it? Damon Beals, I, I think? Jim. Yeah, it was on uh, it was on Discord thinking he would yeah, if he could, yeah. check in with us. Yeah, Damon yeah, Beals. Yeah, he is there. Okay. There, I saw a picture that's that mentioned him. And for those who don't know, Randy Kindig, I think, does the Antic podcast. He also does uh, the Floppy, Floppy Days, days. Yeah. yes, which is when we, we had him on the guest on the show because of Floppy Days because he's interviewed a lot of pretty interesting people mm-hmm. on that. So anyway, we really, really, really need to take a commercial break right about now. Okay, do it. The Coco Nation Show is an unscripted, live, and interactive broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own, and not necessarily those of the Coco Nation Show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds are encouraged, and a sense of humor is recommended. Thank you for being a part of the Coco Nation. The Coco Nation Show would like to thank the following patrons. Alex Gare, Brendan Donahue, Brian Walsh, Brian Weasler, Karen Ascom, Daddy Burrito, Diego BF109, Dinty's Hideaway, Don Barber, Eric Canales, Glenn Hewlett, Grant Leedy, John, Boat of Car Schaller, Henry Strickland, Justin Larson, Ken Reichard, Mike Rayburn, Patrick Euland, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, R. Allen Murphy, Retro Tech Time, Rob Inman, Rocky Hill, Steve Batson, 
Terry Stiege, Tom C., Tom Gunderson, Tom S., Tony C., and William Athing. Thank you so much, patrons. Okay, and we are back. So, Sloopy, you want to show what you got? Sure. Yeah, I met up with uh, someone in the uh, in the Macintosh Apple community that had. I got a bunch of uh, stuff that uh, you can have, and I'm like, sure, okay. I'm sure I could find good homes for it. This is stuff that I got after Coco Fest. Next week, I'll have to show the stuff that I got it from Coco Fest. But the first thing up is this a leather case. Yes. With one of these things in it. <laughs> I thought you just got rid of two of those. I did. You <laughs> <laughs> came back with one. Yeah. And this one's really, this one looks really nice. Mm -hmm. And the it yellowing works. is not, and it works. Yeah, it's actually not that yellow. It looks more yellow on the no. screen. But yeah, yeah. It's, it actually works. So, and it also came with the original TND uh, uh, power supply, power plug. Cool. So, no batteries for you. Yeah. It it actually had it came with batteries, batteries included. And not only did it come, did I get that, but I also got this bag that said $35 on it, but I got it for free. And what this is is a data pack. Now, this is basically what happens is it goes on the back of the machine. And then mm -hmm. plugs into the uh, into system bus. Oh, okay. This specific one is for a model 200, which unfortunately I only have two model 100, 100s. But from what I understand, the system bus is the same. It's just that on the 100, it's it's the dip, 40 pin dip, and on the 200, it's the IDC. And yeah, that 40-pin dip was real uh, touchy. Yeah. And if you would, if you uh, convert the connections, you can connect this to a 100, and it will work. And I also got the uh, ROM plug-in pack for it. And it's a 256K um, uh, data pack that stores it just like the disk drive does. And hopefully I'll be able to show that off soon. And also, I got one of these old things. Oh. Ooh, model one. Yes. I didn't get the power supply, but I but I did get the monitor. Ooh. Um, and it's pretty dirty. From where I understand, the machine works, the monitor does not. But this is my first model one, and it's, I don't know, you know, you can't really see it too well, but it, it's its not clean, and it did not come with anything except for this for the system expansion. 
So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it <laughs> just yet. You got 4K. Yes. I also got a stack of books for the Model 100 and for the for the uh, Model 1 that's about, um, I'd say about 35 centimeters tall. It's about 13, 14 inches for you Americans. And then I also got, oh, I won't mention that. Commodore 64 I got. <laughs> but well you you could talk about doorstops all you want. I did also get a big white box. Nice. Get anything in it there? And the big white box contains a big white cocoa. Okay, extended color basic. Full travel, 50, what, 58 key keyboard? 53. 53. And uh, it works. And it's 64K or 16? Didn't catch up. It's 16K. 16K. And when you put one of these in, it says, hey, it's good. Excellent. And that was on my trip home from uh, Coco Fest. Um, there was a couple uh, Amiga Amiga magazines in there also. Um, trying to think what else was there. Um, I think that was pretty much it. So, okay. uh, Let's see. Yeah, Rick, I had you on my list for uh, things to show and tell. I already shoved it in. Earlier, so. Oh, okay. So, Sloopy, you ready for the game on? Or is there anyone else that had anything to show? Yeah. Next week. Yeah, next Nothing. week I'll share the stuff I got at Coco Fest. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for the game on? No, but I guess I don't have any choice. Do it anyway. Okay. Let's see if I can hit the right button here since we're a little out of order today. All right. Let's share my screen. And uh, let's see here. Let's, there we go. The Game on Challenge 161. We played Tea Time by Adrian Edelston and Stephen Edelston McGrath. We had 13 participants. And at 13, we had Mark B with a score of 260. Well, I remember playing it. Hey, uh, I think you you posted it last week. Oh. Yeah. And then we had uh, Exile and Pair of Dice uh, with a score of 300. <laughs> then we had Rich N, who actually broke the 1,000-point mark. Uh, with a score of 4360. Then Jim Rye with 4800. Nine, we have Ed Rhodes with 5520. Eight, 
Coconut Bob with 5860. Seven, Damon Beals with 6040. Six, some random Canadian. I think his name's Ken or something with 6360. Five, we have Mr. Dave 6309 with 6820. And Shenley with 6820 also. Three, we had that guy that doesn't burn his hair when using a soldering iron with 7220. And in second place, we had Kieran, who, if memory serves me, I do believe he recommended this game with 13,640. But I could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. And the number one tea time uh, teetotaler is uh, oh, a bit oh. basement with 15,220. Any uh, coincidence between real life and this game is purely coincidental. And uh, any, any scores that were uh, missed were entirely my fault and not the uh, fault of the Coco Challenge uh, Council. So thank you for playing. All so right. Mark B, how does it feel to have your score beaten by almost 15,000 points? Yeah. Normal. Okay. <laughs> normal, right? Yeah, that's that's usual. Normal, normal place. <laughs> So, uh, what kind of um, of? Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to really uh, research the game very much because um, I had VCF East the weekend before this past weekend, Coco Fest, and literally, I only got things to some semblance of order where I can actually do something around here about uh, Thursday, which was just in time for me to do the game on challenge live. So um I just know that it was made by two people. <laughs> and I mean, uh you can't get any more British than that game. Yeah, that's definitely <clears throat> about the best I can offer for for gameplay tips is uh don't get hit by the hammer and stay in the top corners. By the way, um, guys, I'm actually going to have to take off. Um, okay. Got stuff to do uh, today. So uh, a nice uh, nice chatting with you, and uh, I'll see you again soon. All Later, right. Fred. See ya. Later, Later, Fred. I mean, my yard needs to be mowed, but it's going to stay there. It's still grow. <laughs> we just melted all of our snow off from our storm here, so I don't have much yard work to do for a bit. I cut the grass last week, so. I'm good there, but we had rain last few days, so it's going to be, it's going to need to be cut again soon. All right, tea time goes. I didn't get a chance to play it for the uh, the official game on Challenger because, like you, Slippy, I was busy getting ready stuff for Cocoa Fest, etc. Yeah, planning driving routes. Um, but it's it's a fun game. I know the person that released it has actually released it as legally free to download, so there's not any problem with that. Um, I don't remember too many. It's been a while since I played it, but uh, I, I can't really remember any tips per se, except to make sure you empty it out once in a while instead of waiting too long. When, yeah. On the first level, when you're trying to you know, fill the teapot. Yeah, because you don't uh, once once your pot that you're carrying around once it gets full, you don't 
you can't accumulate any more. Yeah, so you, you yeah. you're wasting your time basically. So yes, one thing I did notice is that, that if you are close to finishing a round, um, just hitting a sponge so that your pot, like if you only have two or three drops left and you've got a bunch coming towards you, hit the sponge so that it empties your teapot and then grab the one or two instead of taking it all the way down to the to the to the big pot. Um so you don't have to like go around the hammer and such that that's one thing uh which i did a couple times which which kind of helped but i mean obviously your score is going to be higher if you take the if you go and and drop it into the big carafe um but and i'm trying to remember the second and third levels the second ones where you're kind of dodging and things are trying to hit you right and the third levels of the platforms where you have to go yeah like yeah, the dodging it it seemed to be completely random whether you'd get enough space to even uh get through. Because I know that on a few of them it was like so there there were they'd be all the way across and there'd be no way that you'd be able to get get through them. Yeah. So fairly random. Yeah. And then then the third level it was it was <laughs> difficult. <laughs> For jumping from platform to platform, because you had to be perfectly well, deadlined up, if I remember correctly, to get it to work. Otherwise, you just kept yeah. riding the elevator. Yeah, and it was strange the way you had to like use the joystick to select the direction you wanted to jump, and then hit the button to jump. Because if you were facing the wrong but uh, direction and hit the button, it would jump you the wrong way. So it was an interesting mechanic um, for that, to say the least. Yeah, and I was hoping that Karen would be in the chat uh, for this because I, I don't know too much of the history of the game except the, the, the author authorized it being you know, done. But was this a cross-platform or was this strictly a dragon game? Uh, that I don't know. I, I, <laughs> It seems quirky enough for the UK market that I could, I could definitely see it being ported to other platforms or maybe it was ported to the dragon from another platform, but I don't know for sure. And I yeah. had no time to research it, so I'm just wondering if, if Karen was in the chat and he could have maybe answered that. Yeah, or any other European friends that are familiar with the game, if they've maybe seen it on a different platform as well. Yeah, see what Ken does to me. He he comes up with these strange games and then says, "Oh, it's your try, your your turn." <laughs> <laughs> I I remember having fun with it. Like it was it was unique. It, it was a, yeah. like well, one the whole premise is like nobody in North America would ever think of doing a game like that. Period. Yeah, uh, but some of the gameplay was a little bit unique. Like you know, having to gather up all the tea drop stuff and then you'll quickly fill in the pot and run back out like. That's a gameplay mechanic I haven't really seen before. Yeah, the the actual mechanics of the game were were original and interesting. Um, yeah. It was just some of the uh, more finer. It had a quirkiness to it. Right. That was probably my favorite part. Like this is not something you'll see. It's like Outhouse. You know, yeah. You, yeah that game was made in a couple of platforms, sure, but it's never been made remade again. Type thing, except I think for Erica, we did one decades later. But it's kind of it's a unique piece of gaming history that it was quirky enough that it, it never got duplicated. Yeah, I think with a few detailed tweaks in in the controls and and the random number, the the randomness of of things, it would be a quite quite enjoyable action type game. Yeah, it was it was fun when I played it. Like when I when I did the initial web page, I think for it, it was the first time I'd really played it. I'd seen it before, and hadn't really known what I was doing. And then I kind of read the instructions off of the World of Dragon archive. And then found out that, you know, some things I was trying were completely wrong. And once I actually kind of got a handle of what you're supposed to do at each level, then it became a much more fun game. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't say it was a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. It was a pr- it was pretty enjoyable and uh, for something completely different. <laughs> yeah, was- yeah. To quote Monty Python, so that that is a game. If if any of the, anybody out in the listening and viewing audience has never tried it, either on a dragon or a cocoa, I would recommend you give it a shot. Yes, absolutely. But read read the directions on the archive because you know there's some stuff that's not as obvious, uh, but not hard. It's just you know it's just not obvious. Yeah, and I definitely recommend playing with a joystick. Um, even a digital joystick would work. It works well with it. Um, keyboard, not so much because diagonals are definitely needed. Yep. So. But. Okay. Well, I think that's enough for that one. Now, the second game that has been ongoing, uh, which one is that? I don't even know off the top of my head. Cosmic Sweeper. Ah, Roger Smith from TND. Yes. That one. A 3D I game, like. if I remember correctly, isn't it? Yeah. No, not glass 3D, but 3D perspective. <laughs> yeah. It uh, reminds me a bit of um, Star Raiders, um, where it's more of the action side of Star Raiders as opposed to the strategy side. Um, and definitely is a good, let's just say, homage to Star Raiders and definitely worth a good play. Okay. It take, takes a little bit of um, getting used to how you can eat how you either shoot or avoid the uh asteroids but it's definitely a uh, game worth playing okay so that goes on for another week yes it does so get your get your scoring and your submissions and you of course will have it on the game on live challenge on <coughs> time please sloopy my yeah. brain's too much <laughs> uh thursday at 8 p.m eastern uh u.s time uh please uh bring bring uh bring a friend bring your cocoa if yep. you don't have your cocoa handy you can even play in an emulator we don't judge yep even online emulator, emulator if you don't want to install some software you can actually go to the uh, online emulator that's available from kieran and just play it in your browser absolutely now i i talked to ken when he was here picking up stuff here that he has to ship um and he was mentioning i asked him specifically i said you know uh What's what's the game for next week? And he says, I'm letting Sleepy handle that. So a shutter went down my spine, but I have to ask what is the game for next week? Um, well, I was thinking about doing uh the original uh, model one version of uh Neutroid. No, <laughs> Ken, Ken and I literally nixed that even you know when we were talking. Okay? No more yeah. Neutroid crap. Um uh, well then uh when uh Nick's ne- uh done his next version of Neutroid, you better not put me in charge. Yeah, we won't. <laughs> so, Nick, you have until next Cocoa Fest to have it ready because Ken won't be around to uh, veto it. I have started it. I can show it later on in the game news. No, no, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll show it now then. <laughs> well, well, there's no game news this week, so we're safe. There's no news at all, except for the Cocoa Fest. This, this, this is the game on <laughs> section, so... Um, we can we can do that if you want, but oh, yeah. you finish talking and I'll get get something ready. <laughs> okay, so uh, listen we, to the mark. <laughs> are we ready for uh, next week's game? Yes, I'm kind of curious what you pick. As Ken was kind of worried, I mean, curious about it too. So <laughs> what? <laughs> pick what pick pick the game and then end the show quickly before Nick has time to show his thing. Yeah, you got it. When have I ever? Uh, Who comes? 
No. <laughs> when have I ever picked a bad game? We're playing Disc Extended Color Basic. That's awesome. Yes. And Ooh. let's see here. What disc Tur- has been- Ooh. Mm. Oh, this. Wow. I've never I've never played right. autoexec.bass. This is actually the uh if you went to Coco Fest, you got a nice envelope. And in actually, that-, that was a question. Like Nick, I think you're away uh, previously, but what? What is there anything different with the one that was that released the fest, or is no, it just your standard? It's just the standard one that you can download for, for free. Okay. <laughs> yes, this is the one that was included in the SD card at Coco Fest. Oh, is that what that was? It's a virtual vendor gave away physical objects. Yes. Yeah, this is, yeah. this is, I got to find out the- what size that SD card is so I can use it for other things. It's sixty-four. <laughs> it's sixty-four megabytes. It's Pac-Man Extra Difficult Edition. It's like, where did you guys find the sixty-four meg cards? Is that what size there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Megabytes. I haven't looked, had a chance to look at it. I just got back last night. So, yeah, and that can't even fit EOU. Yep. Yeah. So, su- surprise, Nick. It is a game of yours. There you go. <laughs> so. That will be is not neutroid. That will be the game for the next two weeks. <laughs> and uh I have to say this is a really good version of Pac-Man. I'm, I'm not just, you know, yeah. doing this to be nice to Nick for a change. Um I'm pretty sure I actually paid m- real money for I, this. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I'm actually one of the legitimate purchases of this game when, he, when it went for sale, and it was one of the most impressive ones. And that clean code, uh clean room coding too. This is not a trans code of the original arcade, so if the pattern stuff for the ghosts will be different. Uh, though, you know, similar in, in intent, but uh, original programming for the ghost uh, stuff, but with, you know, all the soundtracks, the intermissions, um, bonus fruits, everything else. It's a really well done version. And how the, you wrote this, what, 97, Nick? I think you were selling it by the 98 Fest or something. Um, it was at Pen Fest 90. Yeah, so I finished at 97. It was at yeah, Pen Fest. I bought it at uh, Coco Fest, a Rainbow Fest, actually. No, Coco Fest in 98. Yes. And oh. because of all the uh, wonderful comments and uh, and such that I got about Neutroid and people worried about what I was going to select this time, I will make sure that I choose something great the next time I have to pick a uh, I have to pick a game. Keep hitting R. Oh, by the way, Nick. Nick, yeah. I'll mention I talked to Ken about the other project you're thinking of, and he's definitely with me on that. That should be done first. And I won't say any more because I don't know how much you want to talk about that. But uh, Well, I can talk a little. Well, I won't say what it is because uh, yeah, I don't know if I can finish it yet. So Yeah. But but this one I can. So I can quickly show. Have you want me to start about my, the, the, the Neutroid? Yes. Green, no. Green. No. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. As, I can uh, wait till twenty twenty four. That's good. Insist. Um. <laughs> good night, everybody. In the show the... quickly. <laughs> um. I've decided to uh, as a uh, a second game at the same time. I'll do my. I wanted to redo Neutroid for the Coco since I get so much flack from uh, certain people who just can't comprehend. Everybody but Sloopy Nick. Out. That's who you're talking about. That's right. So uh, Sloopy's the only intelligent one, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but wow. but there, there is some. I, I do. I, I do agree uh, to a point. 
Um, the, the Neutroid on the Coco that I did was not really a direct port of what the Model 1 original was. Which is I, a good game. You did that one right. It, it's say. a better game. It's a better game. It was a. It was more close to my original vision of what Neutroid was to be. But when I went from the Model 1 to the Coco, my first game was to do a Neutroid, but because it was a, a new CPU, uh, first time I used graphics with colour, I didn't want to do anything too over the top. So I did change it to simplify it in areas, which um, in hindsight, uh, it's it's not as good as the original from a game point of view. So um, I decided I'm going to play and do do it justice and redo Neutroid uh, yet again. Uh, and this time it'll be a Coco version for all Cocos, Coco one, two, and three. So yeah, you're kind you're kind of milking it at this point, Nick. I think. Yeah, yeah. So I decided to call it, and I'll hit the button. Can you see the shared screen? If it says RGB and CMP, then yes. So I will hit RGB when I get my keyboard in. There we are. Oh, now let me just restart again. Ignore the text at the top. I just screwed that up. So it's going to be called Neutroid Reloaded. So this will be more like all I've got going at the moment is the title page and the high score page. uh, And I'm about to start working on the game itself. But the game will be modeled more on the Model 1 version with a few extras. So I'm going to be adding to the game, but it will be modeled on the Model 1 version more. May, may I ask you a technical question, Nick? Yeah. Are are you actually using your original source code you did for the Coco as a base no, and then no, changing it, or are you going right from scratch? No, this is from scratch. Okay. Well, the thing is, the code I wrote back in 1984 was my, my first X809 code. When I look at that code, I think, God, what the hell did I do that for? <laughs> I could do that so much better. So, yeah, no, no, so I was going to suggest if you did do that, then you could actually do live streams where you could actually see yourself swearing at yourself for what you did back as a youngster. And I thought that would be <laughs> excellent TV. We've got David Ladd for that. Oh, um, okay. But, uh, yeah, I decided I'm going to do it a, a, a decent version of my very first game idea. I think it was the, the first machine language game I did also on the TRS-80 Model 1. Um, yeah, the other ones you did rather basic or basic and hybrids basic, like Stellar hybrids, Odyssey yeah. and yeah. But it was my first machine code Z80 game, so it became my first six eight oh nine Coco game. But uh, learning as I went, of course. But this is it. This is reimagining sort of the uh, Coco version of Neutroid. I, I think I think we've talked about so far. I, I always give you hell for the the current Neutroid because it's it's. It's not obvious to the player, except for Sloopy, because his brain's warped, um, you know, certain aspects of the game. And when I went back and played the Model 1 version, it's not. It's it's very clear. And I think yeah, it's just it, that, like, the basic gameplay is fine. It's just that uh, the, some of the nuances that you did in the Model 1 and 3 version, which aid the player in, in keeping track of what they're doing, kind of went missing because you were busy fiddling with, you know, color and stuff that you were new to and and, and learning the CPU and everything else. So I think this yeah. will actually improve the game. I, yeah, I'm kidding I, it, aside. it will be much better. And I, I am trying to make it as easy to pick up 
as I can because um listening to all the feedback, which which I do agree to <laughs> to a point. Feedback uh, in air quotes. To... I could just see them going. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I, I agree with some of those. But uh back in the day when I was a young guy and I actually had some reflexes, I had no problem. But uh nowadays I played and it's a bit hard for me, for me even, even though I've made a joystick revision of of that old neutroid for the color computer it's still i look at it and i think oh gee i should have done this i should have done that i could have done this to simplify this and that and, and it should've, just got to the point where i got sick of listening to curtis so, so that's it Margaret. i will fix it up <laughs> yeah. I, I mean to be to be honest nick i mean you were sick of listening to me way before we talked about neutroid but that's true that's right yeah i was whinging about i was nine and look where that got us um, yeah, you, you, know, you just got created from that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is tit for Ted. You whined about stuff I did I'm and I finally fixed it. My... Now it's now the That's shoes right. on the other foot we're we're passing That's it back right. and forth. That's right. So uh, <laughs> I whined and then you fixed. And now you whined yeah. and now I for those fixed. of you who heard the saying, yeah, the squeaky wheel gets a grease, we're just a live demonstration of that. That's right. Basically. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that's all I've got uh, running at the moment, and I'm about to start the game. As for the other game that you're talking about, mm-hmm. there is another game I'm I'm going to be doing for the Coco 3, which is going to be, um, well, I'll say is a good game. It'll be a great game if I, if I get it going. It's a game that I haven't, well, it has a few things in it that I haven't done before. So the reason why I don't want to say what it is yet is because I don't know if I can still do it yet. <laughs> But um, it's also a, a game actually I don't really like. Uh, it's not really a, a genre, uh, a style of game I like. But I know it is going to be a popular game. Yeah. So it, it's one. I'll say this: yeah. it's one we have several Coco One and Two examples of. None of which are great. Um, there's one that's not bad on the play wise, but uh, there's never been a Coco Three version of this, and yeah. it. From seeing other platforms with you know graphics closer to the Coco Three level of, of capability, it's a game that can be quite excellent, and the Coco is fully capable of making it quite excellent. Yeah. One. And so, uh, if if Nick can pull it off, then I'm really looking forward to it. Off. Yeah, the game involves a bit of math, and that's that's my weak point. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's a Coco Three version of Color Script Set. No math. Oh, it's no, spectacular. That's, that's the future. That that's what I'm striving for. So <laughs> spectacular to first, then scripts. You got to tackle these projects just one at a time. All right. Anyway, that's all I've, I've been doing. I've been doing nothing but driving, so I have nothing else to report. Ow. Time oh, to wake up, Mark. Yep. yep. I'm back. Yep, you're see. back. Be prepared for a gargantuan news week next week, though, because it's going to be like what four weeks or three weeks yeah. or a month. I can't. I've lost track of time. Next, next week, Green pack a lunch for news and a pillow. Yeah, there will be no game on challenge, no updates, no nothing. It'll just be nothing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's Curtis News Network next week. Yeah, and I promise to be awake for that one too. Unlike today. Okay. You know what? I think we're ready for the outro. What do you think? I think we are. I think so. I, I think wow. we'll probably have a little bit more Cocoa Fest next week just because I think some people like Jason, you mentioned you haven't transferred your pictures and stuff yet. So I'm sure we'll get a little bit more, but it won't be you know, the whole show like today. And Sloopy has a little bit more too. Yeah. I mean, we were still unpacking until like 
yesterday. <laughs> this cocoa isn't even hooked up. I just like 10 minutes before the show, I piled everything up here. That's Sit it. It's not even thing. hooked up. Okay. Mine's still laying in the living room. And uh, <laughs> mean, I just I unloaded got, the car last night. I didn't bother bringing stuff up. Yeah. I got my Cocoa Nation <laughs> sticker on my Cocoa 3 lid, but nothing's hooked up. Yeah, the okay. stuff that I lay on down here is just covered with everything. <laughs> this concludes another episode of The Coco Nation, the world's leading live interactive talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things The Coco Nation, visit us on the web at thecoconation.com. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to show at thecoconation.com. The Coco Nation Show would not exist without the community and its cast and crew. The Coco Nation theme song copyright 2022, D. Bruce Moore. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. The Coco Nation is over. Join us on the Coco Discord server. Coco forever. Okay, okay we are back. Break it. I think you broke it. <laughs> Negative. Well, push the button, Frank. That's Bye, everyone. <laughs> See you all next week. Bye. Later, folks.